This episode of Shooting the Shit with Speed Kings is brought to you by Heat Shield Products. Based in Southern California with over 60 years of experience in the industry, Heat Shield Products is a family owned and operated company that produces high quality American made solutions to issues caused by extreme heat. Whether you need a heat management solution for your car, motorcycle, or heavy duty equipment, Heat Shield Products helps you to find the right solution to maximize your machine's performance and efficiency. Everyone would like to be cooler. Let Heat Shield Products get you there. Contact Heat Shield Products at www.heatshieldproducts.com or hit them up on Instagram at Heat Shield Products. Don't forget to follow their YouTube, Heat Shield Products, and check out their new podcast, Hot Laps, presented by Heat Shield Products. What's up, guys? Steve here with Speed Kings, and welcome to today's episode of Shooting the Shit with Speed Kings. We are joined here by my dear, dear friend from St. Louis, Missouri. He flew all the way in just to talk to you guys, Mr. Bare Knuckle Paul. What's up, everybody? Paul, how the hell are you? I'm great, man. It's nice to get out of the... Uh the frozen tundra of the midwest for a little bit oh i bet what's it like there right now miserable <laughs> cold dreary nobody's riding right now huh uh not harley's no no snowmobile no. shit yeah pretty much yeah hashtag fxr for all the yeah, snowmobile gear yeah, and shit. yeah i know that's always misleading <laughs> yeah it's super misleading but yeah. they have some hot chicks on there sometimes yeah for sure i get caught up in that i'm like scan 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 oh hey what's up girl why are you in the snow oh wait it's the snowmobile <laughs> it always gear. gets me on marketplace when i'm looking for fxrs and i'm like oh god damn it oh especially out there huh yeah i didn't think about that yeah we i see it some time to time here but obviously there's yeah one snowmobile probably in southern california yeah uh, <laughs> we don't usually get that much of it we don't get much snow there i mean we do but it's nothing it's more of just a hassle and a big mess yeah it's nothing but mud right now oh really yeah you get a lot of rain huh yeah and then so you have like but mountain- it's cold like it's colder than it is in the mountains but we just don't get snow that often oh wow what's the um the elevation uh, maybe 600 feet. We're not that oh, high. Yeah, that's why. That's it's just why. cold. I don't just know. It's fucking cold. Yeah, huh? and then in the summertime, it's hotter than, it's. I mean, aside from like Phoenix or something, it's hot. Yeah. It's super humid. The humidity, yeah. hot bullshit. Yeah, so you get, you get like maybe three, if you're lucky, three really good months in the spring. Yeah. And then three really good months in the fall, like the fall's really good. And then it's either too hot or just nasty, wet, and cold. Why the fuck do people live there? I was born there and then had kids there, yeah. so I'm kind of anchored there a little bit. But I'm ready to, I'm ready to get away a Spread little. Spread your there, You know what? There is a lot of stuff I like about being in Missouri because yeah. we do have a lot of really uh, business friendly laws. Um, I'd say America friendly laws as yeah. far as you know certain rights that Missouri doesn't budge on. We're talking gun rights, people. Well, that's right. <laughs> if if you were if you were so inclined to own a, a firearm, yeah. So. Um, that's what keeps me there a little bit. I mean, obviously yeah. my kids and my parents. So yeah, um, St. Louis is cool though. There's a lot of really deep chopper history. I mean, as much as I love FXRs and performance stuff, um, I'm a chopper guy. Yeah, yeah. And it's really deep in St. Louis. When you're when 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 you have the love for choppers, I think regardless of what you do, I think that runs through, through your heart because I love yeah. choppers. Yeah, it's I st- I, you know I st- what, and even like. I catch a little bit of flack from some chopper guys for the FXR stuff. And yeah, oh, it's sure. like, you know what, though? Like, it's all hot rod to me. What's a hot rod? So yeah. you, you want to go faster. You want to pick up chicks. Yep. You know, you want to raise hell. 
a chopper and FXR are no different. No, no. You know, like not. The, there's not a good FXR doesn't have anything on it that there shouldn't be. Yep. Same with a chopper. You exactly. Know? Your geometry may be changed up on a chopper and you may not have suspension, but aside from that, it's all the same. Yeah. Uh, the same goal. Yep, you know yep. what I mean? Exactly. It's my goal is just to look cool. Right. That's, yep. I mean, it's, I, we'd all be lying. Uh oh, we got interrupted. How can I help you, miss? Bye. Love you. Take care. Nice meeting you. Are you taking the pups? Yeah. Aw. My wife and the puppies are now leaving the shop. We are now unprotected. <laughs> I came to California for Speed Kings, but I'll come back for these pups. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, if anybody, uh, you know, if you've been to my shop or whatever, you know that our dogs come to work with us every single day of their lives. And for good reason. Yeah, they're, they're working dogs in the sense <laughs> yeah. of they lay in their bed and watch TV at the shop. All right, get out of here, boy. Your tail's going to destroy stuff. He, he wants to stay. Yeah, he's staying. He wants to be on the podcast. Get him in the chair. Put up the headphones on him. Thank you. Good luck. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, Amy. <laughs> yeah, see, like, um, for me, you know, as many people know, my first Harley was a, a 69 Ironhead and that I built into a rigid chopper. Mm -hmm. I used the David Bird hardtail section, which I don't even think those are made anymore. I don't think they are either. Those were the <clears throat> nicest hardtail yeah. sections for Ironheads ever, ever, ever. So my first bike was a 57 Ironhead, which was the first year for the, the actual Sportster overhead yep. cam Sportster. And, uh, you know, so it's a funny story. I, you know. And so you're a big fucking dude, though. You're big... So it was a Paco hardtail. So it's a okay. little bit bigger. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? I did Which, a six inch stretch on mine. Yeah. Six inch stretch, three inch drop. Well, I always look big on any motorcycle. Oh, yeah. You know, I love small bikes. For those bikes. of you who don't know or have ever seen Paul in person, I was blown away yesterday. I hit him at the airport. <laughs> he told me, you said you were like 6'1, I think. No, I'm 6'6. Six, six. Oh, no. You told me you were 6'1 with heels on. <laughs> yeah, I might have said that. He lied. Yeah. He, this motherfucker's like 6'6. Six, six. I, I mean, he's a big guy. <laughs> You know, but gives good hugs. Yeah. My mom smoked when she was pregnant with me and then gave me a lot of milk. So I don't know. You figured it out. I don't know what happened, but it worked. Yep. So, but I like small bikes. All my choppers are small. Uh, I love FXRs, you know, and so my first bike, it was just out of necessity. I was young. Yep. Um, just cobbled together some money and bought a basket case. And then I was like, why doesn't all this stuff bolt together? Oh yeah, you know, and I'd done shop class and stuff like that when I was in high school or whatever. So what, what year is it? Is this you know we talked? You said ninety nine, probably. Oh yeah, so that's a a minute. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, so I I I had, I wasn't living at home, but I didn't have a garage. So my mom and dad were out of town for a weekend or for vacation or something, and they came home and I had a I had built a bench in his garage, my dad's garage, which when I was a kid there whatever was a garage. I told you this earlier today. Yep. We always worked on the cars or the trucks or whatever in the backyard, and you know you'd drop nuts and bolts in the grass and never find them again. Oh yeah. So like the minute I move out, he builds a nice big garage, <laughs> and uh, so while he's out of town, I build a little a little bench in there, and I, he comes home and there's a Harley sitting on his. You know he's like oh, and he hadn't. So my dad was a bike guy, but he sold his last one when I was probably four or five years old. Gotcha. Um. Until later on in life. Now he's got a handful of bikes again. But so, you know, I was like, well, I got to put this together and put that together. And I'm thinking it's going to be a matter of just bolting shit together. And I had no clue. Yeah. I know. You know, I'd been reading magazines. I'd read Easy Riders like we all did. And then Hot Bike. Um, I can't remember what the other ones were back then. Iron Works, American Iron. Yep. Yep. Um, And so I was like, well, I guess I got to start drilling holes and, yeah, you know, figuring shit out. And I went and bought a little MIG welder. And uh, 
fast forward maybe six months, I kind of became friends with a guy that owned a local bike shop, and uh, he kind of took me under his wing. Yeah. You know, I was a bright, bright-eyed little idiotic chopper kid. Yeah, yeah. And he saw something a little bit different in me, so he started teaching me a lot of stuff. But I also knew how to weld, and I knew how to machine stuff, yeah. which he didn't. Yep. So it kind of worked well. And then you know, I remember my first part I ever made. It was I took a '59 Cadillac. Uh, taillight out of the J.C. Whitney catalog. If you're, I don't even know if they're around anymore. I don't know if they are either, but I remember the J.C. Whitney catalog. Yeah, so they had these cool, you know, 59 Cadillac bullet taillights, and uh, I, I machined an aluminum backing plate for it in a really cool kind of slick way to fasten it, and then I welded a plate to the bottom, and I had a tag bracket for my bike. Yep. And him and all the other old-timers just gave me all kinds of shit. And I bet, after, you know, in 03, I started my company, and I bet I sold... A hundred of those taillights through the years, yeah, which is yeah. not groundbreaking, but it was cool for my first part to oh, actually yeah. turn it into making money. Yeah, I still, you know, quite the, similar to your story. Yeah, as we've talked about, you know, so so for those of you, Paul flew in last night. I picked him up at the airport. He stayed with us last night. So me and him have kind of been uh, traveling around a little bit this morning, and you know, we probably could have recorded a, a seventy-two hour yeah. podcast with all the talking we've done. But um, you know, we still today our first part that I ever designed and we made to start our brand, our company. You know, even not never imagining what it is today, we still sell it today. That's really I cool. I still manufacture it. We still sell it. It's That's really cool. It, you know, we don't, it's not like something we push out, promote and stuff, but it still gets sold like one or two here and there, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm sure if I did push it out more, it'd probably sell more. But For sure. It's just, uh, you know, it's funny. Those little staples are stepping stones. I mean, and you're, you're a veteran in the game, you know, at this point, you're yeah, it's been a while. 17 years, 17 years. Yeah. 17 years in, you know, so have you ever had a real job? Yeah, I did. Right. <laughs> I've had, well, I've been working since I, you know, when I was in grade, not grade school, junior high, I was throwing hay. You know, I come yep. from Missouri, so you're doing Missouri hill, things. hillbilly shit. Yeah. So I was doing that, and then I had odd jobs, whatever. I get out. I went to college. I get out of college, and I had a job that I hated. Um, there was a few in there, but then I actually, I was, I had a desk job that I absolutely, I, you know, I'd have been a partner with this huge financial firm by the time I was 30, probably zero interest yeah so at age 26 i started my company i was working part-time at the bike shop and he wasn't ready to take the kind of plunge i wanted to do i I built a frame jig and i wanted to start building frames and he he wasn't into it so basically out of necessity i wanted to work at a bike shop nobody would hire me so i was like well fuck it i'm gonna start a bike shop yeah you know and so i made t-shirts and i came in hand them out to everybody at the shop he's like what's this i said well you know State of Missouri says you can only make so many frames yourself before you're considered, you know, you got to actually be a business, carry insurance, all that stuff. So I took the plunge and um, a couple months later, I quit my job and walked out with $1,500 in my pocket and I had a weld, I had my TIG machine, I had a MIG machine, my bender, my notcher, and a little half-ass bandsaw and a frame jig. And I took out an ad in the horse magazine before I even quit my job. And I remember the first year um, we went to the V Twin Expo in 03. And we came back and we had an email that we had sold a frame online. Oh, wow. To somebody just from that ad. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. You it know? works. Yeah. I mean, do you remember you know, how much it was to have that ad in Iron Horse? Maybe 400 bucks. 400 uh, and that's an investment, though, at that Oh, you big know? time. You know? Well, and also you got to sit and wait for two or three months for it to come yeah. out. Yeah. It's not like today, like I could post. You know, we're going to talk about this new product I bought with brought with me today. 
I'll post it up that minute and yeah, uh, you you're, know, you're, you get reached out to all these people. Thousands of people see it. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's crazy <laughs> and to, it's targeted. You yeah. know, they're already looking at me because I'm doing something relevant to their interests. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in they want to know what you yeah, have. Yeah, in Horse Magazine, it may not have. Who knows? Yeah. You know. So yeah, it was definitely a different and world. That's early website days, 2003. That's some early. Those are some big moves then. Yeah, like. I remember my mom always pushed me. She's like, you got a website yet? You got a website yet? You got a website yet? I'm she like, knew. yeah. And I finally got it. And I'm like, you know, it was, it's all new to me. I didn't know anything yeah. about it. And took that plunge and it paid off. And then, you know, you just watched it build. And yeah. the more products you get on there, the more engagement you would get. And the engagement back then was telephone calls and yeah. emails. It yeah. wasn't, you know, DMs and oh, comments. Yeah. I remember the websites where it was like all the product line was listed, but call to order. You oh, know, yeah. and you said yeah, that, totally. You pull the part numbers basically, and then you call, okay, I need this part number, this part number, this part number. Cool. We'll have right. it shipped out in, in six to eight weeks. Right. Give me your credit card. And all and these guys now, now get mad if it takes more than two days. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the Amazon, the Amazon, but you know, so, and I spoke about this on a friend's podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, it was tough for me to get used to that at first, you know, when we spoke about it with Robbie from Alloy Art today, like yep. we're kind of dinosaur, he, he and I, well, I won't speak for him, but I feel like I'm a little bit of a dinosaur Yep. and the fact that it's a little bit difficult for me to catch up with technology sometimes. Cause I don't pay a lot of attention to it. Cause I'm doing my own. I'm always thinking about motorcycle parts. Yeah. 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 Um, well, you're your designer. You're the manufacturer. Yeah. You're the hands-on as you can be. So be that's f- maybe right brain. Yeah, Or yeah. it might be left brain because it's creative. I don't know how that shit works either. Yeah. But doing that, I've never been good at marketing and promotion. I never have. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I've still been kind of old school where like for us to get noticed back then, if you didn't have an ad, you had to show up to the rallies. Yeah. You had to get a magazine cover. Yeah. You had to get, you, you know, we used to do press releases, which we still do. Um do tech art you send in tech articles yeah um so it was a whole different ball game and i'm still i'm getting out of that that's why i came out here you know like yep. this year we're really doing a whole lot different i hired a really guy a really great dude robert that's coming to work for me again he worked for me years ago and he's going to kind of take over my job yep so i can just sit in front of the computer design parts and i can sit in front of the lift and either design parts or build bikes again yeah yeah you know and then all the stuff that i would normally do which is either run machines or facilitate parts being made in one way shape or form he's going to take care of that so it's gonna be exciting we're gonna yeah you're gonna see us out again a lot more like we used to do yeah and you know like for a lot of people they don't quite get that i mean and i guess it's kind of come full circle you know like you can make some people can make a living not having to do shows. I know a guy, you know, yeah. one of my one of my good friends in Arizona, um, Frank at Dirty Customs. Okay, good guy. You know, I've known Frank now for I don't know several years. You know, um, he does he does similar stuff that we do here. You know, he really caters to the FXR platform and stuff. You mm-hmm. know, and he knows his shit. He's a smart fucking guy. But he's you know we talked recently and he's like yeah. I don't like doing shows. I'm not going to do shows. You know, he, he lives in Arizona. He's not going to do Arizona Bike Week. None of. He's oh, like, wow. I don't want to do that. He's like I'm perfectly fine with my setup. You know what I mean? And I love that. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you know, like for me, I'm always chasing something I feel, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's never going to stop for me. That's just the way I'm wired. I'm always chasing something. I'm always trying to like, as I've, I, I, at one point in my life, I had this, uh, I call it an addiction. I loved playing video games, right? Mm-hmm. Like I loved them. That was my thing. Work, play video games. Like, you know, my, and now my son's that right. way, which sucks. But so when I, when I finally realized like, Hey, you're an adult. Stop playing fucking video games, you know? Yeah. Like, 
I um, and that's kind of like around the same time as when I started doing this, like in, yeah. the, in the fir- in the very beginning. And then every time I would achieve something, little steps, it felt like I was leveling up in a video game. Yeah, and like I and I took that you know love for you know that like leveling that achievement. up yeah and moved it to actually real life where yeah. it actually makes sense right and that's how when i when a new things when you know we, you know uh, as you said today we went to la art and we had lunch with robbie and justin and you know the little moments like that for me are super surreal and i think oh, yeah. will always be that way yeah. regardless of how we're portrayed on the internet yeah. i'm a kid in a candy store like yeah. i said so I'm like over there, like oh, I'm having lunch with Bare Knuckle Paul and the guys from Alloy Art. <laughs> yeah, like, why not? Felt the same way, you, you know? know. Like it, when anytime, like I super, I have so much respect for those guys because oh, their yeah. parts, you know, they every single piece serves a purpose and it's pristine and immaculate and perfect. Yeah, and I love it. I love their style. Yeah. I mean, and they're all about American manufacturing. Yep. You know, I, and you know that's important to me. Yep. Um, and I dig it. And kind of like when we were. Um, you were talking about leveling up or whatever. It's just same as like we were talking in the truck earlier Yeah, with your, with your vendors. Okay. You did this well this year. Now you get to take this many percent, you know, you yep. get to change this up and you get this kind of terms and you get these extra special, Yeah, exactly. you know, the things that you have to earn, yep. you know, it's not given to everybody, no, but it's like, Hey, not. you're, you're performing well and you're doing a good job and your customers are happy and you provide a service. Yep. Um, you know, that's what, you know, so I've changed a lot over the last few years, you know, and I, my shop, my business used to be a lot more fabrication oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, we had four frame jigs and a Springer jig and I mean, we built, we spun fenders and welded fenders. That fender Every, spinning is no joke. Oh man. And the thing, I had one guy that could do it. Okay. He was like big and strong enough to do it on like an all day long basis, yeah. but he just was, didn't have really, he wasn't a craftsman. Yeah. Um, and it took, and so then it was me all the time. Yeah. So and I used to build, I used to make these big fenders for the guy that started the whole big wheel bagger thing. Yeah. And dude, we would do, there was days where I'd spend 60, 70 fenders. Oh, oh and it's brutal. Yeah. I've watched people spin shit on the, on YouTube. And our fenders Very, were 12 gauge too. It's the head, oh, like it's almost a, an eighth of an inch. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 110,000. Yeah. Point yeah. Point, yep. So it was brutal, but I could spin it in about a minute. I could get that fender laid over in about a minute, but then you you know you got to take it off of there, unload it. You got to load another yeah. blank. You know you got to trim it. You didn't go to gym on those days. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't even make it much past lunch on those days. Oh, you get I your bet. work done and then sit down for a little bit. Yeah, but excuse me, everything was so labor intensive, and you know when you when you do a lot of fabrication work, everything's up to interpretation. Oh, definitely. You know, like the guy that's finally welding it together, he's covering his tracks. Whatever those tracks are, you can't see how well it's fitted. You can't see how well the cope is. You can't see how good the bevel is. And then it's gone. So I'm depending on him to do an honest job, which I've been really blessed because I've had a lot of really good fabricators work for me over the years. You know, being situated between a bunch of uh, uh, high-end chassis shops, you know, Top Fuel and um, different kind of chassis shops, you know, I've been able to get a lot of guys from there. But... When we shifted gears a few years ago to more machined parts, um, it's definitely changed because now I would say 85 to 90 percent of my parts are in stock and yeah. ready to ship, you know, um, which took a long time to get there. Oh, yeah. That's, um, a, that's a hustle right there. Oh, it's brutal because, you know, we were talking about that also the other day. It's not like one part runs out and you replenish it. It's like, OK, all of these parts. Now you have to keep an inventory. Plus, I come up with new stuff every week or uh-huh. two. You and know, machines so you gotta, get backed up real yeah. fast, man. Yeah, and it's a domino effect. Machine breaks down and just throws everything. Or if, oh, yeah. 
you're waiting on material, waiting on hardware, your saw breaks. Yep. You know, there's just the the anodizer I've had. I've been, I tell you what, I'm about to ring the necks of some anodizers. They've been putting me through my paces lately. Yeah. Um, you get dealing with. So you, how much manufacturing do you do in your facility? Um, I would. So we're shifting gears. You know, we had a full blown machine shop going until about 18 months ago. And I've scaled back. I only have two CNC machines left. So the bulk of what we do is either prototyping or the small run stuff that we just don't do a lot of, or it's like super, super specialty. Like all yeah. of my ARP bolts that we do for the FXR shock stuff. Yeah. We do all of that. Um, you know, and so like the new risers that we came out with, I did that yep. whole first run and then I'm, I'm going to farm those out. Um, so I would say between prototyping and actual production i'm maybe at like 20 30 percent right now yeah and that and so but see that the, the just being able to do your own prototyping in-house makes a yeah, huge difference big time and so you know we've got a we've got a 3d printer on the way that helps with some of that you oh, know but there's awesome. never i'm gonna i'm gonna be keeping that in mind that you have yeah that. <laughs> well it did, i'm telling you what i've i've had one in the past and um a friend of mine that helps me with a lot of stuff he's got me getting a different one um it's nothing takes the place of the actual part though oh no 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 but, but it's nice to be able on the to bike. print something yeah. and fit it up before you're machining a and whole it, entire part part and if i build a custom bike for somebody you know like one of the things is each bike is going to get at least one or two one-off parts that are pretty yeah in depth you know yep. it's not like i'm not gonna make now sometimes those parts will turn into a production piece yep. but that'll be the first one i don't charge the customer yeah. for that it's like hey i had this idea yeah. you know so one bike that we're doing right now is a twin cam chopper and i'm doing a set of mid controls on it where it's all incorporated into like the stator cover you know on the, on the one side and the other side is just part of the transmission but um i did all that and it's all 3d printed just to prove it all out yeah then i'll go over to my machine and make the actual parts yeah because i mean with the pretty printer you have the you know you can just print it where when you have to go to the machine and make the part you got to make all the fixtures oh, there's so much the, more to it yeah tooling and there's a lot to it and it may look just, cool on your computer screen yeah and then when you see it it's not as cool. It's either not as cool or something's a little too tight, you yeah. know, and it's just a great way to prove stuff that's out. That's definitely a nice, that's not as yeah. nice. I've thought about getting one multiple times because, I mean, they're... They're not like, that expensive no, anymore. it's crazy. No. I've seen um, one of the... I mean, what's the brand? There's a brand of printer, you know, like computer printer. They're making one and it prints uh, with aluminum. Like it's alloy. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's a fucking crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. It's, and, it's, and this one that I'm getting, this kid that helps me, he's an engineer. He's the Dusty Savage on Instagram. Go check him out. He's a really cool dude. Um, he's big. He used to be a dirt bike racer and all that stuff. And I was into FXRs, but um, super bright kid. And he's got the same printer and he actually makes usable parts that you can. Yeah. Like it's stuff that people use in other products. Oh, that's You know cool. what I mean? So yeah. it's not just for prototyping and that you can actually make usable products with yeah. it. Yeah. See, like we're, you know, I told you about the mounts we're making for my, uh, for my, what's it called? Uh, my FXR that I'm doing for the uh, remote reservoirs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've, we've designed them on paper now. So um, my guy that helps me with my design stuff, we're, he's going to 3D print it first. Yeah. So we can see it. Because, I mean, that part, we will make that part as a production part. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, it's obvious once people see what we're doing, you're going to probably find more people that want to do the same thing because right. it's something a little different than your standard piggyback. Sure. You know? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you you're know, talking about. Yeah, yeah, no, super cool. Yeah. So, you know, and we've done we've done a Dyna like that already, but on the Dyna one, actually, I'll show it to you. I have some pictures, but I made a bracket. Um, just a stupid arm. I made a bracket um, that basically just picked up the strut holes, and then I made it, was able to mount the Krauss bagger 
mm-hmm. re- uh, remote reservoir right. mount to that. So just adapted. Yeah, yeah. just adapted something. I wasn't. I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. Right. But on this, we're adapting it to the Alloy Art FXR struts. Gotcha. So it's a which little are super cool struts. Very cool yeah. struts. Yeah. I mean, uh, today. So today, me and uh, Paul this morning, when we woke up. We went and had some good breakfast, and we headed out straight out to Alloy Art in uh, Glendora. Mm-hmm. And got the full tour with Justin and Robbie, and and that was, that was fucking cool. Yeah, it's impressive. I've never been there. You know, I've been doing business with them for years now, and and you know, I, I, Justin, you know, obviously you could see me and him are like two fucking ten year olds, fucking you know, talking about dirty magazines and shit, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, we get along real well, and it was really cool walking around that place and seeing all the shit they have going on, and they do. And then I was geeking out with Robbie on all his equipment, yeah, and machines, and their new uh, tool and insert, yeah. basically vending machine. Yeah, that thing was wild. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's neat. Even that that lathe, that CNC lathe, they yeah, have with the bar feeder, pops the part. Yeah, bar yeah. feeder, and then it pops the parts out yeah, on the conveyor belt. And shit. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I told you, it makes me miss it, man. I like that stuff. Yeah. I love it. It's wild. I mean, I, you know, we've talked about it, but I, I've thought about getting our CNC machine in here. You know, it's, it's not that I, I know I could do it. I mean, I've seen tons of tons of tons of G code running a CO2 laser, Uh um, but it's like, you know, for me, it's yeah, for me and, and it's, and it's, you know, I, I, it's the tooling process. It's the tooling yeah. and the fixturing and all that's where I'm like lost. Yeah. I, There's you know. a lot to it. I mean, a lot of it's common sense. Like, you know, you can, a good machinist, I wouldn't consider myself a good machinist or even a machinist. I'm just a guy that learned how to use one. Uh-huh. You know, like I bought my first ones in 06. Just out of necessity, I couldn't really get any good machinists to make our frame pieces and our Springer pieces. So I was like, well, I'm going to go buy them. And holy shit man yeah it's definitely a case of if i'd have known i wouldn't have done it yeah and yeah. i'm glad but i'm glad i did yeah because it definitely was a turning point um but it's not you can't you know you say i'm gonna go spend 50 grand on a machine well you can probably plan on spending another 30 or 40 on tools tool holders yeah. vices work holding it's software i mean dude a software license is 20 grand yeah oh yeah you yeah, know it's, it's crazy. nuts man it's just absolutely bananas it, yep. so it I don't know, man. It's you could go either way with it. This thing just not tight. I don't know. It just keeps moving on me. I think it's down here that this is. Oh, uh, it's a cheap arm. One of our boom like arms are keep falling over. That's the over. same one in it. Yeah, I'll have to replace. That Maybe arm. I'll switch later. Yeah, Patrick, the SS pirate probably broke it. <laughs> um, yeah, I you know, I I think. The machinists that I use, I use two different machinists for different, depending on the project, and, and I and I think I... You're in a sweet spot. Yeah. There's I, a lot of really high-quality machine shops out here. Yeah, definitely. And we're not in a good, in a bad spot. You know, St. Louis is a Boeing town, so there's a whole lot of really good support, a lot of auxiliary shops. Oh, we mean Boeing. Bo- but Boeing's in St. Louis. Boeing oh, Airport. The, the air, yeah, the, so there's a lot of shops, you know, job shops that just do contract work for them. Yep. So that increases the quality of machine shop. You know, so when they're not busy with Boeing stuff or, you know, it just yeah. kind of raises the, it's just a little bit more competitive. Well, yeah, they're, they're aircraft spec, you know, at oh, that yeah. point. And so it's all the military. Yeah. yeah got, you've you got, know, five thousandths or less tolerance type shit or one yeah. thousandths tolerance. Oh yeah. No, you're you talking know. about tenths and even smaller than that on oh, that wow. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. They, yeah. It's pretty good. So I'll never have anything made out of the country. Um, and a handful of my guys are in St. Louis and then I'm using a, a guy in Atlanta or near Atlanta, and a good friend of mine down near Louisville, Kentucky. Um, you know, so I'm just, I'm lucky. I know some really good people, and you know, the 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 end 
the end game for everybody is just quality product. Yeah. You know, Oh, definitely, man. I mean, uh, and that's, uh, you know, our goal also, obviously we, you know, we do our best to make a quality product and, and as you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. It's a competitive market. Yep. Um, we, you know, I've said it many times, but it, 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 it looks from the, from the outside looking in the motorcycle community looks like it's huge. But when you compare it to like the automotive community, like we, and we talked about this yeah. earlier, we just drove, you know, I don't know, an hour on the freeway one way, then an hour and a half back because we stopped at another place. We stopped over at TBR and we came back through. We never saw one motorcycle. Not one single motorcycle. And it's warm. And, and it's nice out today. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be 80 degrees. Got to be. And I didn't see a single bike. But there's people out there making parts for every one of those cars. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like somebody I might have been on your podcast. Somebody said it's the smallest billion dollar industry. Yeah, and we're a tiny, tiny little niche of it. Oh yeah, we're just a little. You know, like he was talking to TBR about doing stuff for a particular Japanese bike. Yep, yep. And it's like that is probably a much bigger crowd than what we're oh, even huge, messing with. Huge. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and and you know like. We only, you know, well, I guess, you know, you focus on chopper and like, you know, uh, performance and FXR and stuff Mm -hmm. where my focus is more just Dyna FXR Sportster. We're starting to work with, you know, the new soft tails, obviously. And then we're starting to work with baggers and stuff now. And, you know, it's, but we're still, we just kind of, it's our, it's like a niche. Yeah, totally. You know? I don't know that we're going to do any bagger stuff in the very near future, Yeah, um, but we do have some Sportster stuff coming up. We already make a couple parts for Sportsters. We've always been a big Buell. Oh. A proponent too like yeah. we do a lot of cool buell stuff we make mid controls for buells we make a conversion top tree so you don't have to run their little integral oh, wow. yeah risers kind of like your yep yep your tree um and then like conversion bushings and conversion stems so you can like use buell gear on a big twin frame oh nice we've been doing that for years we have like a rotor so you can use uh a, a standard electronic ignition and an xb you need buell. to link up with cafe customs he yeah, maybe a, I should. He do a lot of stuff too. He's a, he claims he's a, I, I'm not going to say self-proclaimed, but I am going to say self-proclaimed a Buell specialist. Oh, okay. He loves Buells. Yeah, I do too, yeah, man. He's it's a, great. He was just a horsepower, man. Yeah. 90 horsepower. We just did the, He was on my last podcast. He's out right out here in Temecula. Yeah. Um, super rad dude, but he loves Buells. Yeah. I do too. I hate that they're gone. Yeah. You know, I, what does he still have? He still, I think he has a Thunderbolt still. Yeah. You know, they're I, still I, cheap. They're so cheap. Makes yeah. a great chopper. I remember when they first came out. I was working at Daytech at that time and when they first came out and I remember one of the guys there went to I want to say Laughlin mm-hmm. and won one like they were giving one away and oh, he yeah. won it they used to do that a lot yeah and then he yeah. was riding it you know riding it to the world and we were all checking it out because obviously they were brand new you know it's like yeah. oh what Harley's fucking sport bike dude you want to talk about popping a wheelie that thing you just barely flip blip the throttle and it's yeah. coming up I've never I've never uh, I've never rode one Oh, they're fun. Yeah, I want to. I've ridden like one street bike in my life. Really? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in the street bike category. Yeah. And it was, I mean, fuck. I, I was probably 19, 20 years old. Uh-huh. I was drunk. And it was two in the morning. Perfect. The helmet was so small, it didn't come past my nose. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to ride this bike, you know? Yeah. You know, where, and at, you know, where I grew up, there was nobody on the street at two in the morning anymore. Yeah. Except other probably drunk people. Right. But, you know, I remember I just rode it down the street, turned around, went back to the house party we were at, you know? Yeah. And, and that was it. And I've never, besides, that, I've never ridden a strip bike. Oh, I love them. I've maybe sat on two. Yeah, I love them. I, I, I get my, um, I was at land speed one day and he had, I don't know, some Ducati or some shit there. Yeah. And I sat on it and I'm just like, nah, I didn't know. Nope. Not yeah, for me. No, I love it. I'd like to get a, uh, I'd love to get a track bike before long. You get like just an absolutely dead. I mean, obviously I'm gonna look like a monkey fucking oh. football, but <laughs> you know, 
it, you know, it's like a cool way. And plus it sharpens your skills for just regular road, no, just sure. for riding, you oh, know, I'm like sure. I want to go and like learn to do that stuff and all, you know, that's kind of on my, my to-do list for the next year or so. Have you ever done any of those safety course classes? I never have. No. I want to do those. My wife, I made her do one when she wanted to start riding. I told my boy, he's 17, almost 18, and he's just itching like crazy to get his yeah. motorcycle license, and he's only a couple months away from where I can't say, no, you can't. Yeah. You know, I yeah. told him, I said, if you go take one of those courses, I'll go take it with you. Yeah. So. You know, um, I, I've been riding dirt bikes since I was, uh, I think somewhere I started around 10, 11, 12 years old, you know, yeah. around that time. Rode all through my, you know, teenage years and stuff, and I think, the, you know, last time I owned one, I was around 1920. Um, sold it and I, I haven't really had one since or anything, but you know, um, you don't lose that. No, you know, like if you're into it, you don't lose. Right. It. I know it's never like the greatest right? I, I did desert riding. We were just, I know I never ridden on a track, but you know, yeah. except like homemade desert sure, tracks, you know, yeah. but, um, you know, desert riding, climbing mountains, fucking, you know, climbing hills, whatever, all that kind of dumb shit. And, um, but you never lose that. So when I got on a Harley it was just like, oh yeah, you know, right. You, 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 I mean, Aside I, from it being twice as heavy. Yeah. Well, the first Harley I ever rode was a 1981, um, Ironhead chopper, rigid chopper of my buddies. I'd always have everybody be like, Hey, ride, go ahead, ride my bike. You know, no, I'm not going to ride your fucking $27,000 road King, sir. Yeah. I've never ridden a Harley before. Right. Like if I drop and plus I don't have that kind of money. Right. You know, if I drop that thing, who's paying for that? Right. That's what I always think. So I'll be, yeah. so then my buddy, um, Kevin, he built this 81 iron head chopper, you know, I'm whatever, rode it to wherever I was at. And, uh, and I was like, fuck yeah. If I drop that, that whole bike's only worth three grand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't mind dropping this thing. This. Yeah. yeah. So I went and, and then, you know, rode it. And I, and then at that point, and this is after the Daytech days, this is, this is, I was probably 29 years old at that point. So you were now. working at Daytech and weren't riding. No, I mean, I was That's 19, crazy. 20, 21. I couldn't afford a bike. Dude, that was such a great frame those guys made. Oh yeah. So well built. Yeah. I didn't, there wasn't, um, I don't think I had, I mean, I, I, I don't, it was a different time, I guess. And, you know, when I was 19, 20, I was the same with you, you know, like compared to the guys now who are 19, 20, all these 19, 20 year olds have bikes now. Yeah. It's wild. But like at that time and at that day and age in motorcycles itself, I mean, those built bikes right there were $75,000 plus yeah. at that time. That was a different time in the motorcycle history. Absolutely. You know, so that to, for me to be 19, 20, 21 years old, there was like, yeah, there's no, there's no fucking way. Right. You know, I can't. Yeah. When I started riding in my very early twenties, like I was riding with dudes that were old enough to be my dad. Yeah. You know, like none of my friends. I mean, I had some buddies, friends of friends, you know, that were like five, six years ahead of me from high school Yeah, that had bikes and, you know, I rode with them when, when possible, but they were all pretty much drunks and didn't need to be on motorcycles anyway. But I think that's what attracts people to motorcycles though. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't deter anybody apparently. No, yeah. No. Especially, you know, but again, this is, you know, we're talking 25, 20 years ago, right. you know, for the, for this conversation purposes. You right. Know, so it's a different, it's just a different time. It was a hundred percent, you know, like in my, in my time, some of you guys don't know that Daytech, what Daytech is. Daytech was the largest, um, frame manufacturer in the United States for all the fat tire chopper, Orange County, West Coast chopper type style bike. So big dog. Yeah. Big dog. American, American Iron, Iron Horse. Horse yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, and there's a few other brands in there that I'm not going to remember, but those were our two main ones. I mean, big dog semi would roll in back in and we would load them full of frames mm -hmm. and, and that would happen once a month. They did exiles frames too. Oh, yeah. Exile, Cause exile is up in Apple Valley. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, we would do his frames. Um, and there was a couple other like brands. I, I just don't remember anymore. 
So, you know, that that shop, it was, uh, like I said, 200 plus employees running 24 hours a day. Yeah, that's just nuts. Yeah, day shift and a night shift. And I mean, you know, just turning and burning, man. Like it was a, a full American made product, you know, like yeah. it was wild and it was awesome and it was cool. And it was, uh, it got me interested. But again, it was just, you know, I was working there even as a machinist there. I mean, I mean, and I, I use that word very, very loosely. I was, a, a, I mean, a, I guess a prospecting machinist, you yeah. know, learning and, you know, I could make, you know, you had a notepad and you wrote everything down. You knew what fixtures to get from the fixture place. And then, you know, I would always write down all the processes and what mm-hmm. to do and how to line everything up. And then, you know, you know, I could do all my own what I was in charge of, but Right. I'm not a machinist in the sense, or wasn't even then, now way worse because I don't remember how to do any of that shit. But a machinist in the sense where I'm going to be putting something in and be like, watch me turn this into gold, you know? Right. um, But it was just, man, it got me definitely focused on motorcycles and wishing I could build one and have one and want one and all that fun stuff. And I, as we talked about, still like those style of motorcycles. And one day I will build one. Nobody's going to like it, and everybody's going to think I'm dumb. Well, that stuff's coming back around, apparently. I mean, oh, yeah. you're seeing all those 80s hot bike-type paint jobs come back around. Yep. Those old, the early, early billet wheels are coming yep. back around. Remember that Iron Horse frame? What was it called? I don't remember, but it was the, the swing arm frame with the big rake yeah. out. Yep, that's the one right there. Was that the Tejas or something yeah, like that? The <laughs> yeah, the Tejas, yeah. That's yeah. the frame, man. Dude, half the people, probably 90% of the people listening are like, what the fuck are they even talking yeah, about? Yeah, they're, they're going to turn it off. These two old, right. these two old farts. <laughs> and the shame is those bikes are so cheap now, and it's like oh, yeah. super high-end parts. Oh, yeah. But it's like, well, maybe you'll use the motor. Because yep. the transmission, if it's right side drive, you're not going to use that for anything. No, definitely and not. And maybe the primary. Yep. And again, the no, brakes are ugly. The forward controls are forward controls, so you throw them away anyhow. And gross forward control. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, maybe I could cut the gas tank down and like fix the, the geometry on the frame. 27 and, over fork tubes. Yeah, it's so nuts. Oh, man. But I mean, God, it was. they were all unique, though, and they were all works of art yeah. at that time. And still, you know, I mean, I still have well, tons of respect for it. What you and I... That we'd be very short-sighted to say that I don't know how to say this properly, but I wish that there that the market was still that big. Oh yeah. So you know, styles can come and go, trends can come and go, but there was a lot of money in our world that back was a then. Different you know, time. and it's yeah, and unfortunately, it was really gaudy, you know, dumb-looking shit for the most part. I think that's when affliction started. I think that was probably like so this that is, was the STD that we got from. Yeah, that, that would be dazzled pants. Was, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. That was when um, yeah. Pop Country started. <laughs> oh, my God. It gets worse. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. What a horrible time. It really was now that we think about it. And it's all because of those motorcycles. Yeah, and I survived <laughs> that. Like, I, like when, that, when that whole thing dropped off, yeah. you know, like, we were right in the thick of it. Like, we were kind of riding the wave up. Yeah, yeah. And then it dropped out, and I was like, oh, you know, we had a little... A little bit of a storm to weather, but it wasn't because yeah. we never we never did any of that. We were always into skinny tired choppers and you more know, the old school style. Yeah, definitely. Yep, real. But we also blended in a lot of the uh, not. I wouldn't say performance back then, but we blended in a little bit. Like we were running ISR hand controls and brakes mm-hmm. and stuff on our bikes. Almost you know, like uh, like board tracker style shit. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but it was kind of a blend of like you know it may have a. Well, hell, I had a Buell-powered chopper in, like, 06. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Which, they were out there then, but this was a, an XB Buell, which came out in 03, and then I had no four drivetrain. I put in a chopper and had ISR brakes on it and hand controls, you know, which is, you know, Guard Hollinger stuff that he imports from, yeah. I guess, Sweden. Uh, really nice stuff. Um, 
but the chopper guys, you know, they kind of look at you like, you're not supposed to have a front brake. That's not period correct. Right. You're not supposed to shift with your toe. You're supposed to shift with your hand. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like, I've still got hand shift bikes. But I've had one. Dude, why, how did the motorcycle world, why do we have so many fucking rules all of a sudden? I don't know. It's, like, it's, isn't this why we got into it? Aside from chasing chicks and raising hell, right? Like, dude, I don't want rules, man. Like, dude, I don't, I mean, if, as long as it's done tastefully, you know, like if. If it looks like a pile of shit, it's a pile of shit. Yep, yep. We you call, know, like, call a spade a spade. Right. I mean, a hundred percent. But like, you can't tell me what kind of hand controls I can use no. or like, how I'm, dude. If I want to put a fourteen-inch front rotor on the front, oh yeah, fuck it. Well, it's that, got a fourteen-inch front rotor. That stupid little chopper that I'm working on. You know, I'm not really working on, but I I bolted five parts on and it's been sitting like that for three months. I've got a <laughs> lot of bikes like that. But it's like when I was posting pictures of. Why are you running an inverted front end? You know, it's a rigid bike. Yeah. It's just, that's why I'm running the inverted front end, because it's dumb. Why do you give a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and I, one guy was like, man, you're wasting that inverted front end. Why don't you just sell it for me? I said, that front end was for sale for three months. You yeah. didn't buy it, and you now it's chance. on this bike. And yeah. I'm not selling it to you now. I'll sell it to you with the rest of the bike attached. Yep, yep. Ten grand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Come I don't, and get it. You know, and for me, uh, I think doing the, like, I'm going to definitely keep working on that rigid this year. And I, you know, we've talked, I got a bunch of different plans working out already. Mm-hmm. I, it's funny, man. I'm, I'm a fucking idiot. I said this year, I'm not building any more bikes after the FXR. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm picking up two this weekend. <laughs> man, years ago, I used to do one a year for myself. And that's what I try to do. But, yeah. And then it's like, and, but it wouldn't be for myself. It'd be for the shop to yeah, showcase whatever exactly. we're doing at the moment exactly. and then sell it afterwards, you know, and then you'd sell them. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't do a good job of that. I still have quite a few of yeah, them. Yeah, That's my problem is like, I try to kind of sell a bike yeah. and, and then nobody buys the bike. Right. And then I'm like, well, I don't want to sell it now anyways. I am not really truly incentivized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard though. It's hard when you've put yeah. like my orange Dyna, it, that bike's, you know, was cool. I mean, for me, it, it was a very cool bike when I when I built that bike. Not and and I use the word term loop built loosely. I, when I bolted on some parts and called it built, you know, painted bike, you know, and, and it was. I think the earlier time, I think for FXR, the T fairings would be more popular mm-hmm. as they are now. Like everybody's got FXR T fairings yeah. now, and this that one was. I, that one's four or five years old now. And it's uh, it's nothing real special. It's a cool bike. It's still neat. I haven't touched it. It's been like that for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of think I want to redo the bike, um, but I also just like it the way it is. It's yeah. hard. Right. It's like um, and I think you know people that bike helped us build this brand. And you can definitely tell the difference between that bike and your soft tail. Yeah, in, you know, like in, there's in the, in, the, in the direction that yeah, yeah. definitely uh, yeah, that, and see that's you know, and I've talked about that before too, like. I, as you know, my, my self-proclaimed builder status, you know, and I'm just, I do what I do because I love to put mm-hmm. these things together Yep. and to try to one up myself from the bike I previously done to the next bike, to the next bike, right. you know, originally the FXR was not going to have any kind of custom parts on it. And now it's going to have at least one set of custom parts on it. You know what I mean? That we're doing something with, right. you know, and you know, it's those little tiny things that bring out the biggest details, you know, yeah. it's hard though. Yep. It's hard. There's so many bikes out there that, you know, I, I think are Instagram bikes. Oh, I believe it. There's a whole lot of, look what I can do. Uh-huh. But, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. No. There's a lot of it. Which, you know, and like, so that's how I try to kind of base our parts business is I'm not going to do it just because I have it because it looks neat or I yeah. can also do it. You know, it's, so like, I try to, I try to solve a problem. Yeah. Make it look better, yep. last longer. Um, and be more attractive than stock. Yeah. You know, that's, 
I mean, that's the, the end, end goal for me and all of my stuff. And, you know, like with our risers, I've already told this story probably twice today between you and the other guys that we've seen today. I wouldn't have made – we already have some really cool risers. They're called strong arm risers. They're stainless steel. they got a posing bolt pattern. So, you know, you, you're not going to strip out your bolts and you're not, your bars aren't going to pull. It's kind of a chopper style yep. riser. So I had this idea because, and it actually was born of me trying to find a cheaper way to manufacture the strong arm risers. Yeah. And I came up with this dovetail design. I'm like, oh, well, hell, if I have a dovetail, I can flip them around and go from a straight up riser to a pullback riser. You know, yep. so you basically are buying two sets of risers in one and they're modular. So later on down the road, you can get them longer, taller, more pullback, less pullback. You can change shit up without having to buy a whole nother riser. You just buy the section yeah. you need. I would have never designed an FXR slash Dyna riser at this point in the game because yours are killer you know the guys we visited today alloy art they've got a killer i don't even know if they're public yet but dude that fucking design's awesome it is really awesome there's so and boosted brad has a great set there's so many of them out there you know but i had that idea and i sat on it for like eight months before i put it into put the wheels in motion um been super happy with how it turned out um but you know, it's like you got to solve a problem or or improve on things in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, definitely. Or else you're just kind of you're just yanking your crank. There's nothing. There's no point to it. Yeah, it, you know, there's there's um there's something to be said for parts that actually serve a purpose or you know fix a problem. Like you said, you know, it's it's something that's a sustainable part. You know what I mean? So you have parts that can be made, used, I guess, and essentially thrown away or forgotten about, and then you have parts that all like. Um, you know, withstand and, and, you know, be here for a long time. Right. It was crazy to hear that the, that alley art has been making the good and tight bushing for 20 years. That's nuts, right? 20 years. And they, what did he say? They sell 120,000 a year, a year, 120,000 handlebar bushings a year for 20 years yeah so that's the thing though that's why you don't just make the same thing everybody else is making he can't they came up with something that every bike needs every bike needs it so all of a sudden now you've got a monopoly yeah you know you and i like you're making risers and he's making risers and the guy next door is making risers the guy across the street's making risers competition ain't good at that point no monopoly is good at that yep. point like he's got like you can't do that same good and tight design nope because they, they patent that's right he's got it and that's why he sells 100 so there's a big market out there yeah. you know and he's got a great product that crosses all the niches yep. like if you've got that pattern for your you know if it's a wide glide or a narrow glide a 39 or 41 whatever it is he's got the right yeah riser bushing kit yeah and, and so he's then got the monopoly and then all of a sudden it does make sense yeah and they also make harleys yeah. bushings so not only does alley art sell their good and tight bushings under their brand yeah but the um i believe they're red from one harley harley one's red i don't know i uh, i don't know i thought they were red but i could be wrong but I harley right. has some polyurethane bushings and it's actually the same exact bushing yeah but they make them for harley and package them same for harley. patent yeah, yeah with, with alley arts patent number yeah some 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 facts out there for you guys i just learned that today so i thought that was very very interesting yeah and, it's pretty cool and fucking yeah super rad like yeah you know that's some uh that's some next level thinking yeah so that's what i mean you know that's what i'm looking for all the time is that next idea that's yeah. going to be you know, and I know some folks that have those kind of patents and those kind of products in the business and it just keeps paying, Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. you know, but that's why that's what separates the, the guys that stay from the, the flash in the pan. And yeah. I'm kind of stuck somewhere in between. I think, you know, I've had a couple okay ideas. I'm still waiting for that good one. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep trying, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, again, it's it's a hustle, man. Like, you know, and who knows if we'll ever find, you know, any of us find that one thing like that that just has that longevity. Right. But, you know, I'm not going to give up trying. No, and I'm hell sure no. after 17 years, you're not going to give up trying. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm past the point of that. Like we were saying at lunch, I'm so far past being employable at this point. Yeah. You know, I got to make something of it. Since we're talking about it, let's. I'm going to show you my new axle. So it's Let's a little it. bit, it's a little bit different than what you've seen, right? Oh so, yeah. Yeah. You got a pocket knife on you. I do have a pocket knife. Of course I don't because I had to fly here and you don't want to be a terrorist. That's right. That was my grandpa's pocket knife right there. Really? Yeah. That's the only pocket knife I carry. Then I have my tooth in my pocket. Wow, that's pretty good. Your tooth? Yeah. I have a tooth in my pocket. My tooth. Specifically my tooth. I got my tooth pulled. Particular reason? It's my tooth. Yeah, I guess it'd be weird if somebody else's tooth was in your pocket. You know, maybe they were mouthing off. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not that tough. Though. So here's what I did. So, you know, there's there's FXR axle kits out there. There's Dyna axle kits out there. There's whatever axle kits out there. So it's like we had people asking, do you make a good stainless steel axle kit? And I'm like, well, I don't. But, you know, so then I go to the drawing board and I'm like, so I'm not going to make just a stainless steel axle to say I make a stainless steel axle. i got to find something else to do with it, right? Yeah, I'm very curious. This is so, an interesting shape. Yeah, so here's what I did. See, this is my tooth. Dude, that's gnarly. That's my tooth. When did that come out? Like since five years ago, probably. And you just keep it in your pocket? Yeah, for five years. Whoa, that's really right. That was a cavity right there. I'll say. I'm yeah. getting a little sick to my stomach. <laughs> so here's what I did. I solved what I consider to be two... One, yeah, maybe not a problem, but I improved on some stuff, right? So number one, this is a 630 series stainless steel, so it has properties comparable to or exceeding chromoly. Uh-huh. Um, so it's stronger than stock it's stronger than a stock axle, and obviously the cor- corrosion resistance is far superior. So the other thing I did, you know, if you're going to be out on the road and you got to change a tire, you got to you got to adjust your chain. You got to do any of that stuff. What kind of a pain in the ass is it to either have a one inch or inch and a 16th, whatever, 15, 16th, you know, two wrenches that size or two crescent wrenches. So here's what you do. You just, on this end, you put your screwdriver through here. Yeah. Or your Allen wrench or an Allen wrench or a drift or whatever you may have. And then the other side, this is just an 11 16th, 12 point. Yep. So, you know, a typical uh, box and wrench. A typical uh, toolkit is going to go up to three quarter. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's an eleven sixteen. You're not carrying another huge wrench in your kit, and yep. then you don't have to you don't have to fuck with the the cotter pin. We got a stainless steel E ring on it. Oh yeah. You know, so and you don't need a tool for an E ring. No, you no. You can pop it off with the end of your pocket knife. Hell, you can take a rock yep. and pop it off of there. You know, so the whole thing is very you know user friendly out on the road. Yeah, so to speak. And then the ends the ends are all polished. That's nice. I lo- I love I lo- I like this. Thank I like you. the way that looks. Yeah, That's I badass. appreciate. It. I think it's pretty cool. You can hang shit from it or whatever. You know, too. Oh, of course, yeah, you know, yeah, people yeah. put their little little little, bear, little uh, bell or whatever yep. their little deal on there. You, you, so, do you believe in the Gremlin Bell? I, I don't know. I don't. Do you run? one? I don't know. No, I don't. You don't run one? Mm-mm. Oh, I'm gonna have to get you one. I've never had one. I have the. I think I might have one in my drawer. I don't believe in them because nobody's ever given me one. Yeah, you have to. It's a, so if you don't yeah, know about the go. Gremlin Bell, it has to be gifted. That's the rule. That's the rule of the Gremlin so Bell. So that's for you. I know you have a uh, you have an Alloy Art, right? Yep, Swing yep. arm on your bike, so yep. it won't work for that bike, but uh, put it's, it to good use. It's just three-quarter? Yeah. Cool. I so got this em. one's for FXR and yep. the Dyna we also have, and it's just a little bit longer. So those are available today uh, for the early Dynas Perfect. up to 05. 
all the FXRs, FLT, and touring from 80 to 2001. Nice. And then uh, the next ones will be 06 and 07, Diana, and then 08 to 17, Diana. And, and what's your retail price on that? The retail on this is 175 Right now, I got them on sale as an introductory at 150 Nice. Um, That's cool. I so, mean, that cleans it, it cleans it up, man. It's definitely going to look... It's stronger than Chrome so, you know, you can hammer on it, and it ain't going to go anywhere. And it's never going to look shitty. I, yeah, know. I love that design at the end. I mean, it just... Thanks. It's... You know, it's those little things, man. It's it unique enough, look, exactly. but it's not different just to be different. Like it's a, there's a purpose. There. You can just yeah. put your screwdriver, like you said, an Allen key yep. through it, yep. and and it's, it's like you could put a good enough stick through there if you had to. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> yep. Sometimes, yeah. and sometimes when you're on the side of the road, that's all you can find. You got to do what you got to do, <laughs> right? I've I've spent plenty of time on the side of the road before, so I try not to now. Yeah, but this is very cool, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, yep. my pleasure. Yeah. What else do you have plans for? I mean, let's talk about your so, risers. Yeah. Those are, uh, you know, fresh on the market. And that, you know, we've kind of touched base on the dovetail system for those. But those are a very, very unique and neat design. What, yeah. What got you going in that direction? I mean, where did you – Did I've, I've seen a dovetail before, but only in carpentry. Is that where you kind of adapted it from carpentry? From the gun world. Okay, you gotcha. know, My dad was a um, – he was a big uh, pistol um, – target shooting guy you know he, okay. he competed so i was always around him and watching him adjust his sights and all of that kind of stuff um so the dovetail obviously you know when i came up with the idea i told so what i was trying to do our, our strong arm risers they're kind of a bitch to manufacture because it's a lot of setups and angles and stuff and i was like so if i just made the tops and then i made a base and it bolts together kind of like an old dog bone or an old springer style yep, riser yep. and a lot of people make their risers that way now you know you got a stem and all the tops are the same. Yeah. The stems are different heights. Yep. And I was like, so I, I was drawing that up on my modeling software and I was like, well, what if I put a dove to, or actually I had like a, a puck, like a major and a minor where it would sit on it. And then I was like, well, what if I put that in an angle and I did it and I was like, oh shit, it could spin, yeah. you know, from straight up and down. You go around, if you know, you're set at 20 degrees on your cut, yep. then it's down to 40 degrees of pullback essentially right yeah. and so then i thought well rather than do that with the stainless steel setup i'm gonna go ahead and do them out of aluminum yeah and i fought with it man because you know the riser market's a crowded market but i thought i can't really just let this idea die because i was you know i don't think it's a good idea i think it's um, a great idea thanks. I, i've you know you shared those pictures with me early on you're one of the only folks to get any pictures of it yeah and when i saw i remember right when i seen it i was like this is ingenious yeah i mean it's a smart fucking idea plain and simple because yeah. i mean you could well today you want to ride straight risers you run straight risers yeah today i feel like running fucking pullbacks right like you're gonna ride different around town than you do on a long trip yeah. too you know you might put your pack between you and your sissy yep. bar and you lean back a little bit and like that extra two oh, or yeah. three inches I used means to have my the whole chopper. world yeah. when I had my pack on my sissy bar I yeah. used to always just kind of loosen my bars and kick them back a little bit tighten yep. them so I can just lean back yeah you know and that's it's achievable now yeah. on any bike essentially and it's super strong yeah. I mean it's like you know you're not just being held up by one bolt it's that whole that whole feature in there is doing all the yeah. work and those are those 6061 yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then super high quality um, fasteners on the inside. And then, of course, ARP fasteners on the outside. Yeah. We don't skimp on no. fasteners ever. Fasteners, you can't. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. And uh, you saw the video. We picked the whole bike up and had my buddy CW sitting on the bike while we explained how, you know, yeah. where strength comes from and all that stuff. So they yeah. wrapped um, uh, basically a, a, a strap around the riser section and picked the whole entire FXR up with a forklift. So it's suspended in the air 
by the risers only. Right. And then the guy was sitting on the bike, you know, dangling. Yeah. You know, it was pretty cool. Right when I released him, a couple guys were like, I wonder how this is going to handle with a stunt rider on it. Yeah. And I'm like, the guy's riding a Road King with 48 inch tall ape hangers. I'm like, well. <laughs> Sir, I'm no, I don't know what kind of stunts you're doing, man, but yeah. I think these are going to hold up. Yeah. Hopefully that guy doesn't hear this and get pissed because that's true. That guy really had the tallest ape hangers I've ever seen. The well, guy that made that comment. You know, I mean, to each their own, but, you know, maybe you need to get a set of these flex risers, sir. That's right, man. <laughs> yeah, know? hopefully he is listening. <laughs> yeah. We'll call this an intervention. Yeah, let's step your game up. Get your life together, dude. Get, get your life right. <laughs> <laughs> so what else do you have in the works for this I year? I got a lot of shit in the works, man. I was going to bring out... So, you know, we make a lot of um, axle adjuster kits for FXR, which, again, it was like there's a lot of this and that out there. So I saw you have some of mine sitting out there on your desk. One thing I don't like about some aftermarket axle adjusters is they use a bolt instead of a stud and a nut. And you know what happens when there's no tension against the head of the bolt? It'll it's going to loosen up. Yeah. So when you use a stud and an eye lock, it'll never loosen up. Even yeah. if your axle bolt, your axle nut or whatever comes loose, you're not going to be able to move because it's going to be stuck, right? Yeah, yeah. So we do that um, in our FXR system. So people keep asking me, when are you going to do these for Dynas? When are you going to do these for Dynas? Yep. The big thing about a Dyna is it takes up most of the room inside of the swing arm, whereas the FXR one didn't. So when you'd crank it down or you get hard in the corners or you're doing a burnout or whatever, you start to crush your, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, On one of those heavy Modelo nights, like you were talking (laughs) about (laughs) doing that Modelo magic. Uh, So there's, there was no room for improvement as far as that part. And we've been making the Dyna, the back plate, you know, it's aluminum. You got some from me last week, you know, so you can't warp and crush that stamp piece of steel. What a shitty design that is. Oh, it's silly. Yeah. And they used it and used it and used it and yeah, used it. Yeah, it. it's not even like uh, eighth inch. It's, no. it's like, it's, <laughs> it's like, oh, 80. I got two little dimples stamped. I don't <gasps> oh, think that's going to do what much. A worst design I've ever seen. So I thought, okay, what can I do here? Well, obviously I want to use my stainless steel studs on it. Yep. I've already got the aluminum back piece. So what we did, um, I created a new uh, slider piece on the inside. It's stainless steel. And inside the window, what I did was I put hash marks. Yeah. So as it slides back and forth, you can get alignment from left to right, and the hash marks are made so that you, you know, you can tell which. There's a tall one on one side, yeah, yeah, same on the other, and then a low one, tall, low, tall, low. Okay. And then as it starts to slide too far into the window, the back side of the window comes into view, yeah, so you yeah, can yeah. adjust it from the back side. Nice. So yeah, so and it works well with all this stuff. Um, so we're gonna have those. I meant to bring them with me, but my anodizer dropped the ball. Yeah. Um, I've got that. We have we have a lot coming up, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a big year. We're dropping like at least one big product a month this year. We got the whole year mapped out. So the next one coming out is our FXR bag system with the and that, what the same the name of those again. So it's the Pioneer Adventure bag system. Pioneer Adventure. And what's so, the Instagram for that? Pioneer Adventure bag at Pioneer Adventure bag. I see yep. those. Check those out. Those are yeah. fucking really cool. So what we did, we um, we took we did this like three years ago. Now we took. SW Motec makes, in my opinion, the best adventure style case. Uh-huh. So you can just imagine uh, it's pretty high security for as far as being on a motorcycle. It's not the same as a lockbox, but it's pretty high security. You can throw them in the water and, you know, they're waterproof. Um, but nobody makes anything to put them on Harleys. Nobody makes them for like a quick detach system for Harleys. So we did all of the above. So the yeah. first ones we did was for all the Dyna models. Nice. We've got all era of Dyna, all three eras of Dyna models. And those um, bags are similar size to the Defender bags. 
so the footprint is yeah, okay. So basically, with the rails of a defender bag, yep, you've got actually ours are hair narrower. They're nice, nice. yeah. Perfect. So, but you have almost twice the storage room because there's no exterior rail. Oh. you know, all of our stuff's on the inside. Yeah, yeah everything yeah. is carried in a pretty unique system. And it's quick detached. You can take your bags off and then take the carrier off in less than 30 seconds. Wow. Did they, so that the, um, does your, uh, I guess, bag mounting system offer handles for them? So that way, one of my things... The top is a handle, basically. Oh, okay. Awesome. And then the bags have handles on them perfect. themselves. So that's one of my. That's one of the reasons I love Leather Pros. Because when right. I do do my traveling, like if I got to Vegas on the bike, I pack all my stuff in my Leather Pros. Yeah. I get to Vegas and I pull my bags off and walk. It was in my luggage now. You know, and I walk and those go to my room with me. Right. And then I'll ride around Vegas, no bags, you know. And yeah, same way with this. You can, take your, you can take your case into the hotel room or over to the campfire or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And have or you can get hard home. bag, waterproof right. hard bags. And it's a lot higher security than, say, a Leather Pro oh, or, or sure. you know, a lot of the other ones where, you know, the plasticky kind of, you know, ones that are using Pelican cases. Yep. You got a medium-sized pocket knife. You can pop that thing open unless they have a padlock on it. But yeah. you can still get it open if you wanted to. These, you're going to have to work at it. So, you know, you would feel safe putting a handgun in there if nice. you had to go somewhere where you're not supposed to, you know. So, or my, camera gear. my precious snacks. Yeah, you get it or Legos. Yep, my Legos. Right. Yep. Don't want to fuck with the Legos. That's right, man. Can't let people take those. Yeah, it's, we got that coming out. We've got a cool new triple tree coming out where you can run forty nine millimeter tubes and sliders and um, but it'll work with a narrow glide front wheel. Oh yeah, yeah. But then it maintains the same offset as the mid glide, so it's going to be really good on FXRs because at high speed you're not going to get that 105, 110 mile an hour death wobble. Yep, yep. I'm not going to say you won't, but I'm going to eliminate the problem that the narrow glide yeah. gave you. And then it also opens you up to a much broader performance suspension market. Yep, yep. You know, because you got a lot more drop-ins for the 49. You got a lot yeah. more just everything for the 49. That's just going to look badass, though. Yeah, I it's mean, gonna be pretty we, cool. We I'm spoke stoked. about this earlier, yeah. and you know, putting the, the, the uh, it's basically for some of these guys who I guess want to like think about it. It's gonna be the same as like a narrow glide forty-one millimeter for a chopper. Yeah, it's gonna be a narrow glide Old forty-nine millimeter for yeah. a, a FXR. I mean yep. that beefiness, but still being close, tight together. Yeah, that's uh, gonna be sick. And so what we're gonna offer a package deal too. Um, I don't have all the particulars done yet, but it'll, we're gonna offer a package deal where we'll have our fork tubes. Well, not our fork tubes, but we, years ago before this was a thing, we did black fork tubes, and it said "built with hate" on the side of it. Oh wow! So it'd be the chrome would be shining through. Said built with hate, and the tubes were black PVD coating. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, you know, it's been ten or twelve years since we did it. Thirteen years. I don't know if other people were doing it, but I hadn't seen it before, so yeah. I'm not going to claim I was the first one. But I don't think anybody else had done it at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I came about it because you know I had seen people try all different kind of way to do a black fork tube, and I'm running machines all the time, and I'm like, well, what's this PVD coating? You know, this vapor deposit coating. Yeah. And I started looking into it, and I'm like, oh. I got an idea. So then up in Quincy, Illinois, which is just an hour or two from us, we found a company that did that stuff. And uh, <laughs> and we're in the dark. Yeah, sorry. my Our, our motion sensing lights turned off. Ah! What a shit show. Yeah, right when I was about to give you some real gold, too. Right, so they're dropping the real knowledge. This thing, I think, is probably something's in the way. Yep. This is in the way. It blocked. It blocked just that little thing. Oh, these are probably in the way from seeing you too, so it's only gonna yeah. catch me. And we're recording all this, by the way. Nah, fuck it. This is how this shit rolls. We record it all. 
so we, I went to these guys and we did the black and um, we had little stickers made that said built with hate and had the stars on the end of it. And we did those. So we, we may or may not bring those back. Um, that's again, a crowded sea right now. You know, there's a lot of yeah. good, no, a lot of people doing really quality too, you know, so I don't know what we're going to do on that, but we're going to couple it with the alloy art, their new sliders, which is like the those most new sliders are so sick. And so here's the deal, man, the guys, I get the whole inverted, the ver- inverted front end thing. I'm an inverted guy. I get it and I like it and I dig it. The only difference between a 49 millimeter with a good performance, you choose. You fill in the blank. Yeah. There's numerous people out there making great drop-ins and and what have you for the 49s. The only difference between that and inverted front end, a little bit of unsprung weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only performance difference. And you're talking about a pound or two. Yeah, It's yeah. not a lot. You I, know, so what we're going to offer you, it'll still work with all of your FXR stuff. The steering stops will work. Um fairings all you know obviously you have to have new fairing mounts but yeah. it's not you have to be carving stuff up um and then your brakes and everything still work too yeah yeah i, I mean i i've and i've told you uh, and by I, brakes i mean brake rotors you have yeah. to use late model calipers or yep radial calipers whatever i've been you know i'm in the process of trying it i'm working out some deals for a road glide right now yeah and i'm i'm torn I've I've been do every bike I've done for you know the last four or five years now I've had inverted front ends I've done flat track bikes inverted front ends you know like yeah. everything, and now I'm torn between after being at Alliar today between my inverted front end setups that I love mm-hmm. or going with like the Sly Fox um, you know uh, right. uh, 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 trees and forty nine millimeter legs with the uh, Alley Art lowers and the uh, radial calipers good looking stuff it's gonna be i don't know yeah, i'm torn i'm super torn you know do maybe some gp cartridges in there yep Ooh, yeah that'd be a nice setup. super cool yeah. yeah you know um we'll see though we'll see where i go we'll see you know things will start coming into fruition once the bike goes on a right. lift that's the fun part that's when the, the imagination starts yeah. working yeah that's definitely the fun part yeah but one we'll of s- many yeah definitely definitely it, you know how, how many bikes do you think you've built over the past, you know, so, you know, 17 years? We'll call it 17 years. We'll call it when you started your business, not before mm. then. One year we built 12. Jeez. I think in 06 we built 12 bikes that year. Um, 40? Yeah. 40 bikes maybe? Yeah. You know, and that's including – I don't talk about, like, just – a repaint and suspension. I'm talking like frame up builds. I wouldn't count any of the dyna. Well, one dyna we have down to absolutely nothing and we're going back together with it right now. So I would probably count it maybe, but like, unless it comes down to the frame mm-hmm. and I do some fabrication or make some parts, I wouldn't count it. Yeah. And if I say 40, probably 37 of those are choppers that yeah, were like, yeah. I built the frame, I built the front end. I made this, I made that, Yeah. you know, what's in your stable right now. What do you got? Um, I've still got my knucklehead. I got my my fifty pan chop. Um, a bunch of stuff laying around. It's kind of irrelevant. I got a couple of FXRs. I got my BMW adventure bike. Adventure bike. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I'll talk about it all day, man. That's the shit. You like that thing? I love it. So I, I say this every time we talk about motorcycles because I get shit. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, fucking, you're a chopper guy. What are you doing with that? It's like, man, I'm. I am a chopper guy, but a, to be a chopper guy, you can be a motorcycle guy. You have to be a motorcycle guy. I love all motorcycles, man. If you can't grin, if you're on any kind of motorcycle for at least a minute or two, yeah, well, you don't have a soul. No, come on, man. Definitely, like not. you get, like, you can go have fun on a motorcycle, any motorcycle, right? You know. So, the adventure bike, I, I don't know how I exactly. Get, I mean, it's it's a BMW. Like I, I was, I was a toss up between that and a KTM, mm-hmm. and 
KTM kind of made it hard for me to even buy one because the one I wanted, it has a Super Duke motor in it. Okay. It's an 1190 or 1290 Super Adventure S, I think. It's the S or the R. I can't remember which one, but it's got a Super Duke motor in it. It's a little bit detuned. It's like 160 horsepower. Oh, that's all? Huh. Yeah, right? Wow. That's... Right out of the box. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you don't have to put even, you don't even have to put another ten grand into it. It's only, already got a hundred sixty. Only a hundred and sixty horsepower. Pish yeah. posh. Right. Plus, it's light. It's like this. It's even probably lighter than an FXR. Jesus. You know, Christ. which an FXR is a lot lighter than a Dyna. Yeah. Um, but they made it hard for me in St. Louis to even get a hold of one to ride it. I got to ride the the other one, which is like a hundred and thirty horse, which was still no slouch. But. I rode the BMW and I was just like, I was kind of blown away because I wanted something that I can take off road, but I can yeah. also get out to the mountains on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I grabbed that thing up and. Um, and how many horsepowers does that have? So it comes with like 137 or 138, yeah. and then I put a head pipe and a Acropovic or Acropovic, however you say it. I put a head pipe, titanium head pipe, and then their carbon fiber can on it, which is supposed to add another 13 or 14. Jeez. So I'm somewhere in that 150 horsepower. So you neighborhood. tune those things, or it's just it does it for you. It's all self. It's adaptive. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so like even um, uh, like the dealership that I deal with is really cool. Gateway BMW, and you know they'll go to Olin's, and Olin's like, dude, we can't do shit. The suspension's dialed. Yeah. We yeah. can't offer you anything. Nothing. It's shift on the fly. As far as your your suspension tuning, it's your. Your actual tuning is shift on the fly. You got like four or five modes. Wow. Um, yeah, it adapts for rain and terrain and all this other kind of crazy shit. It's next it, level shit. Yeah. Like a Tron bike. So, you know, like I'll go out and I'll ride it usually when I'm either by myself or somebody else that has one or if I'm going out to Colorado or Montana or something to ride trails. Yep. And then when it's just me and my buddies hitting a bar or just cruising the, the local loops that we do throughout, you know, Missouri you know, I'll grab one of the FXRs or, yeah. you know, whatever else might be laying around. Um, but the one I'm really excited about is, um, so I don't know if you've talked about Michael Lichter's event in Sturgis this year. So every year he we does. We have not. Yeah, this is a pretty cool deal, man. And if you don't know who Michael Lichter is. Um, you've been sleeping under a rock for the right. past fucking what, I mean, 20 years. You haven't looked at a motorcycle magazine. He definitely the most world renowned motorcycle photographer. He shot the Fat Bob I did last year for Cycle Source. Yeah, he. Oh, that's he, awesome. He uh, when after Oaks picked it up after I was done building that bike for the Four Corners Motorcycle Rally, um, we took it to uh, Born Free and we had showed it off there. And then I don't know where it went. It went somewhere because uh -huh. it's you know I, I'm done with the bike. It's out of my hands. Yeah. The bike's not mine anymore. And uh, somehow I don't, Oaks was somewhere with it, and it ended up with Michael Lichter, and he went and rode it all day. Michael and, did. Yeah. He oh, took the wow. bike and went out and rode it and shot it. And Did you get to meet him? No, I wasn't there. Oh, he's the nicest guy. I thought it was met. just really cool having somebody of that Such caliber cool shoot that yeah. bike and it was featured in Cycle Source. It's funny because you'll be with him in Sturgis and like real legit biker types. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Real dudes that make me look like a little dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll come around Michael like fanboy and I don't mean that with any disrespect. Oh, no, no. At all. He's a legend. It's, they're like, hey, Michael. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're just like, hey, man, you know, it's been a while and this and that. And they, they're just so happy to see him because oh, yeah. he's a friggin' legend. He's, yeah. And he's also the nicest guy, you know, and he's, he, I mean, he has done real art that's very relative to our lives yeah. for uh, 40 years now. Yeah. So wow. his event this year, every year at the Sturgis Buffalo Chip, he does his motorcycles as art display, which is really cool. And I was in it in, I think, 2010 and then again in... 14 that's a that's a big honor right there yeah it is so each year he has a different theme 
Nice. I think the first time it was something about uh, fusion, you know, two different builders in one shop. Yep. And then the second time it was, I it might have been tattoo related hmm. because um, I built the bike for uh, one of my, my best friends. Darren McKeg, uh-huh. uh, McKeg Art. Oh yeah, on that Instagram. guy's a, that guy's um, so amazing. Dude, he's, yeah. I love. He's watch. amazing on every level. Yeah, there's some of those guys that just can get get skit. Yeah. And he's. I love watching when he does like his daily paintings, the matchbook with, or something, or, or yeah. some like some weird. Me- I'm gonna use the back end of this spork and some ketchup. Yeah, and like draws something insane with that shit. I'm like right. All, oh. on a, all in the time of an Instagram video. Yeah, and I just, I watch oh, almost, nuts, I, on a man. daily basis, I watch what he does. That guy is, is an amazing Yeah, he's artist. amazing on many levels. Um, I didn't know that you guys were best friends like that. That's oh, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. I married, I married him. Oh, no way. I mean, I, he and Missy, I was his... Uh, I was his ordained minister for their wedding. How cool. Dressed up like Elvis Presley. Well, when, I co- <laughs> when I come out and visit, I would love to get a tattoo by that gentleman. Oh, you should. Yes. He's so good. Too. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. So I did a bike for him. He had a really good friend named Hank that passed away, unfortunately, years ago that was also a tattoo artist. And there was some art that was relative to he and, ta- he and uh, Hank's history. And Scott Take is from Underground Art Studios painted the tank and it said bare knuckle racing on it. It was a Buell uh-huh. that I built a chassis with a, it was the first Olin's um, shock of any sort that was given out to any motor, any Harley people. Oh, this wow. was back in like 13 that they gave me this as I started building that bike. When they finally started respecting the right. The exactly. So it was a mono shock with an aluminum fabricated, you know, and I did a bunch of cool stuff on that bike, but that was in Michael's display his uh his show in 14 oh how rad yeah so it was it was a little bit emotional with darren because he was talking about hank and all that stuff because michael would have us all come up and talk about the bike and oh yeah you know so and i think darren's art might have been in the show that year too being that he's a tattoo artist yeah um but you know with that guy i mean just across the platform is an amazing artist he so here's the thing dude you know Von Dutch's friends didn't know that they were friends with a legend. Yeah, exactly. Ed Roth's friends didn't know they're friends with a legend. Dave Mann. Yep. Like, Darren's a fucking legend. That dude is. As far as our time right now, I what's a bigger moto artist? No, there no. It's him, man. Yeah, he's, he's the guy. He's, he's the David the guy. Mann. Yeah, yeah, he is. He 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 kills it. And one of the one of the biggest hearts, definitely the biggest laugh. Yeah. Um, the dude's a, a ham, man. He just cuts up, and. uh at one point, he was quite the wild man. I won't, I won't I'm go sure. any farther than that. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'll sure. tell you what, you haven't seen anybody ride a fucking rigid chopper like that dude. Yeah. Dude. He gets He it. can handle that motorcycle. He's got, I don't know, that bike's probably 120 horsepower. It was a soft tail that he hardtailed. Um, it's just, it's, I, I'm telling you, man, I've seen him so many times on asphalt, on gravel, on dirt, on grass, where I'm like, well, this is it, where he finally bites it. Yeah. And he always pulls out of it, and the throttle's still going. I fucking oh, hate riding in grass. Well, don't I, watch. Like, you, you'll fall off your bike just watching him riding grass. Oh, He's God. such a nut. I um Every year, born free, you know, it's, you yeah. got to ride through that grass. Man, I'm always, I mean, I'm not. Get you an adventure bike, dog. <laughs> it ain't nothing. Um. I've, you know, so I have a funny story of, about Born Free, and I can't, man, this had to be, which, what number? I, I don't even know what number I we're on know now. Where they're at, yeah. It's had to be five, six years ago now. I had my shovelhead chopper, and uh, we were camping up at O'Neill, the campground right above Cook's right there, mm-hmm. right? So we used to camp there every year, you know, and then just ride to Born Free. We just, we'd party there, fucking get super wasted. But, um, oops, uh, 
we were at Cook's Corner for the pre-party on Friday, right? Me and my and my you know wife and that time you know my girlfriend and we were getting ready to leave, go back to the camp. It was still daylight, but we were going back to camp. We were gonna fucking tie one on, so you know it's like I'm done. I'm, I'm gonna go drink at the camp now, so I'm not fucking driving riding the bike back all fucking right. super wasted, right? So we take off, you know, and I'm just right in front of Cook's Corner, right there, going up that little start starting to go, and still you know in front of their parking lot, and I see somebody that I was waiting for to arrive and never saw him, but and he just pulled God in and he's walking in. And I had these um, little uh, clamp-on um, pullback rabbits, you know, mm-hmm. from a, a zombie performance on. Yeah. And uh, and I go and with those things with rabbits, if you've never rode choppers and like with rabbits, you have a point of right. no return. Yeah. So if you turn that fucking handlebar just past that point, you're going fucking down. Yeah. And it was that right there in the. I mean, there had to be fucking two thousand oh, no. people in that fucking bar out on the patio and shit. You know, it was like yeah. just popping off. And boom, we go down right in the center of the fucking road. <laughs> and she does like this ninja roll oh, and fuck. like you know, neither of us got hurt, but we I broke the key off in the ignition. So of course you can't start the bike back up <laughs> to get away. Yeah. <laughs> And so we ended up loading it in my buddy's van and taking it back to the camp. And I oh, stole, dude. I stole, a, um, my other buddy had his truck there and he had like auxiliary lights, you know, I stole one of those, uh, switches out of his truck, unwired oh, yeah, it yeah. and I pulled my ignition off and wired that switch in my on off switch. Yeah. yeah. But, oh man, I, I, you know, I've been there. I, I wrecked a bike right out in front of the bar one night. Oh God. It makes I you hit, feel like such an idiot. Well, somebody pulled out in front of me, but I was oh, leaving the bar way too hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a 24 over front end on that bike. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, this was this was in probably 02, uh-huh. 03, and uh, I kind of left with the front end light, and yeah. then that car pulled out in front of me, and there was two sport bike guys right in front of me, like in between me and them, and of course, those guys stopped on a dime. Yep. As I'm kind of bringing my weight back down onto the front end, I hit the front brake, and it just, whoop. Oh, you fuck, know, just there was yeah. too much going on, and yeah. it put me down right there in front of everybody. And yeah. I meant to do that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bare yeah. Uncle Paul on an Instagram, everybody. Yep, you know, yep. fuck. Did I stick the landing? <laughs> so anyway, getting back to Michael's show. This year it's twenty and twenty. So the deal is, you have to have been building motorcycles for at least twenty years, which I started around ninety nine, yeah. two thousand. So I got in right under the wire on that. Um, and then so. It's, I don't know if it's like 20 plus 20 because he started 40 years ago with his photography. Yeah. Um, and he started in Sturgis. If you've ever seen the, that photo from, uh, uh, what do they call it? Municipal Park, I guess, in Sturgis, where uh-huh. the guy's got his prosthetic leg leaning against the old panhead chopper. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. sleeping right there. Like that was one of his, if not his very first picture. I think that was his first picture the first morning he showed up in Sturgis. And so it's going to be a lot of his artwork from throughout the years. And then it's going to be, I'll tell you what, man, I think I'm the youngest guy in this group. Yeah. Um, Pat Patterson from Lead Sleds, a couple years older than me. And he got started professionally about the same time I did, maybe a month or two earlier, or a month or two later. We're right around the same time. But then I think Russell Mitchell's in it from Exile. I think, I mean, it's all he's, the he's big He's still names. building bikes, huh? As far as I know. I mean, I'm, I'm almost certain that he's in it. I know Billy Lane's in it. Bill Dodge is in it. Um, Big dogs, all the big dogs. Yeah, huh? I think Jim Nassie's in it. Jesus, um, and well, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. Let me. I don't know how many of the, our, our listeners here will know who some of these people are, but these are some, not enough. Yeah, some of these these are some big dogs. These are some some you know uh, trendsetters. Some they they paved the way. You know, I mean, these are guys that uh, Dave Perowitz is going to be there. These guys, these are guys that would make it without Instagram. Right. And did. <laughs> and did, yeah. For a long time. Proved it, done, and then, and then they're still here. Corey Ness will be there. Oh, wow. Very cool. Um, Cole Foster from Selena's Boys. 
Um, that guy, that guy, they they do some amazing metal work. Those guys. I think Chico Chica is going to be there. Oddly enough, I think it looks like according to his. I'm looking at um, Michael's stuff right now online. Um, Carl Olson from Olson's uh, Cycle Supply, Bill Dodge, Arlen Fatland, which a lot of people don't know, but dude, he's. Arlen's done a lot of really cool shit over the years. He's up there not too far, actually, from where Michael is. I think he's in North Denver. He may be up closer to Boulder. I can't remember. But he's in Colorado also. Um, so, yeah, man, it's just a... Uh, is there uh, prerequisites of the bikes that have to be, or is it, you know... He just asked that we build something specifically for the show, and it'd be what we love. So, um, you know, the first year I was in his show, I had my dad's 49 Panhead that I told you I, I built the aluminum gas tanks for and all that yep. stuff. They got destroyed in that storm. Uh, and then I had a, a 50 panhead in a VL frame that I built that I just absolutely love. It's probably almost my favorite bike ever. And then I had Darren's race bike, which, you know, wasn't a chopper at all. So I think this year I'm going to do, um, I'm building a twin cam powered uh, chopper. It's going to be kind of a performance chopper though. So I'm using yeah. the alloy art sliders and then my new trees. Yep. It's going to have big Brembo brakes on it. It's going to have an open belt drive, my wheels. Um, I got one of Paul Cox's air ride systems on it. Um, and I'm thinking I'm going to, there's going to be a little FXR flavor in there too. Even yeah. though it won't have any rear suspension, it's going to have a little bit of that flavor just because I can't help it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a pretty cool idea for some of that stuff, but. Um, that's that's my, right now, like as far as, as far as choppers go, that, that performance kick is where I'm at. Oh, I love it. It's, it's, uh, that's what like, well, it's like, it's the kind of thing where you can still get on a chopper and do two or 300 miles if you want to, if yeah. you don't have something else, you know, I mean, if it's set up right, yeah, you know, the rigid isn't going to. You're definitely not going to want to put as many miles on it as you would your FXR, your new soft tail. Just but get a good enough seat, though. You'd be all right. That air ride seat's trick, dude. Have you ever used one nah. of them? So it's, he's it's got an onboard compressor. Compared to the old soft tails, it rides better than the old soft tails. Wow. doesn't ride as well as a Diner and FXR, oh, yeah, yeah. but those old soft tails with that shitty suspension setup it's, they had. It's like driving a Peterbilt or what? Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> the cab just all on air. Yeah. Oh, it's nice, man. I, I really dig it. It's super comfortable. I don't have mid controls on it, so it'll be it'll be cool. It'll be kind of a St. Louis style because St. Louis is pretty well known for the D rake. Mm-hmm. So you basically just go up with no additional rake, just go straight up. Yeah. So it'd be like eight up oh, and wow. 28 degrees of rake. Nice. Yeah. Nice and tight. So it'll still handle corners well and everything. And, you know, basically a motorcycle for a tall guy. Yeah. You know, so I won't look quite as awkward. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That I'm pretty stoked on cool. it. Yeah. And I've got, a, I'm hoping a really good painter lined up. Um, I know so many great painters um, and I'm stepping a little outside of my normal box on this one. Um so we'll see how that goes. When you have a bike painted, um, how do you go about it? Like, do you do you already have the bike mapped out, or do you no. have a, just a color scheme? Or nope. I'll I'll give a broad idea occasionally. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what I way I I usually will like work out a color scheme. Like, I want it's like these a tattoo. colors. Yeah, I'm not gonna go to my tattoo artist no. and be like, nope, that line's not right. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not. I'm not. The Here's artist. my general idea. Like, That's my tattoo I'm. artist now is a great friend of mine, Big Dave, and I'll say hey dave here's what i want and he's like okay here's what you're getting yeah yeah yeah. and it's nothing like that and then i'm like i'm glad i listened to you yeah yeah because my idea was really stupid i like to do um a lot of times i with the people that i work with as far as getting tattooed i'm just like what do you want to do today yeah 
We've lately we've been filling in old shit, so you know, yeah. uh, my dog Trip's been doing that for me. But you know, and I feel bad. But soon we're getting ready to move past the old shit, yeah. and we're gonna be starting new shit. And it's gonna be like, you know, I've thrown him a couple of ideas. Like uh, one something I've been wanting to get for a long time is like well, my my whole back done. I don't have any tattoos on my back, so oh, wow. I want to do a whole back piece, but. I've always uh, had a fond, you know, uh, I love the like uh, traditional Japanese artwork. Oh, right? yeah. Um, so I want to do something like that. But, you know, they have that one. It's that traditional piece. It's where like the, the samurai is riding the koi fish. Yeah. Right? Um, I, I found an animal that I enjoy. It's pretty gnarly. An alligator snapping turtle. Have you ever seen one of those? Yeah. Fuck, those Absolutely. things are mean as fuck looking. So well, I've, I've had them. Yeah, I told you I live in the country. They're out there? Oh, yeah. I've. Oh what! Uh, not to be, they will. They'll get a hold of your dog. I've killed them. Oh no shit! They will absolutely destroy oh, your yeah, dog. Yeah, they'll take your fingers off. And so shit, we huh? came up in the front yard just last summer, uh-huh. and I'm telling you, dude, he was they this get, big yeah, around, they get big, and his head was like this. I mean, he was probably 60 years old or something like that. I mean, Fuck. he was old. Yeah, and I had to because the dogs are out there, and I'm like, yeah. there's no. no way for me to get rid of this dude without yeah. somebody getting hurt or the possibility of somebody getting hurt. Are they fast? Are they slow like a normal turtle? Well, no, they're faster than a normal turtle, but here's the deal. I can't remember. I think it's the alligator. There's two or three different kind of snapping turtle, if I'm uh-huh. not mistaken. Yeah. One of them, they look like their neck's about this long, uh-huh. but it's about like that. Jesus. So they'll come out and they're like, you know, you're like six inches away from me. You're like, yeah, I'm good. And they're like, nope, got a hold of you. Then I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard that if you do get hit by one of them, you have to actually drill their jaw apart no shit yeah you cut their head off and it'll still be clamped on you holy crap yeah here's uh there i'm pulling yeah. the image that's what i'm talking about dude that's a dinosaur yeah oh yeah full-blown dinosaur 100 dinosaur look at their shell yeah it's super spiky and look at the fucking mouth on this guy yep so i seen one of these years and years and years ago at like the san diego zoo and i'm like type Fuck. in like neck extended or something like that after that and see if yeah just type it in right after that yeah look What's the first thing that pops up? Neck extended. Watch this. Holy. Look at that. Holy shit. Yeah. That's like. That's uh, how they get you. That third one yeah. right there. Look at that. That's like flaccid and erect. <laughs> 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 Fuck. But so I, my idea is to do basically that kind of same thing and have like the samurai ride it, or an alligator yeah. snapping turtle. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So well, I, isn't, I mean, I don't know anything about traditional Japanese tattoo, I. but I think that you're supposed to actually like there's supposed to be some kind of really personal theme throughout it. Yeah. That's relative to you and your life. Yeah. So at least you're doing that. You're not just going in and getting Chinese letters or something yeah, stupid like say soy sauce. Right, right, right. <laughs> S- silly white fraternity or sorority girl stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no do it man that'd be cool yeah i'm excited we're gonna do a bunch of black and gray stuff soon it's uh but man it fucking hurts now no it's not about it it sucks and everybody else use it either what does they say eat xanax I'm or take this that. or take that dude i don't take it because like i don't do drugs it's just um, not my thing i don't care if you do yeah or the other guy does but like knowing me like the one or two times i've been on pain medicine it made me throw up yeah I you said, know so that's that's what i want to do is be thrown up and have cold sweats while i'm getting tattooed yeah I've always actually like um, I've never had like any kind of weird uh, drug addiction, you know. Um, I've my addiction's always been like, you know, shit like the motorcycles, motorcycles, and stupid yeah, shit, yeah, for sure. Um, but so I couldn't really afford also a drug addiction, right? But uh, you know, I, at one time I definitely, you know, didn't mind taking like Norco's and Vicodins mm-hmm. and stuff, and and it has been my, I guess I would say my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And this is you know fucking years yeah, ago, yeah. you know. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I find at one point I was just like, I don't want they don't even care to take these anymore, yeah. you know? So, but as in my, as far as like when I was getting tattooed in my early twenties and stuff, you know, everybody get all fucking shit house wasted. We were getting tattooed in garages and fucking shit, you know? And, mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it's worse when you've had a couple drinks. I don't, I, it's way worse when you get fucking high. I don't know how people smoke weed and get tattooed. Uh, I did it once. I wanted to kill myself. I know my old tattoo artist. You want him to be high when he's tattooing you. Yeah, well, when he's tattooing <laughs> yeah. you, but I swear, all when I was high, when they, I was getting tattooed, all I could focus on was the pain. That's it. I was really? like, what the fuck? Well, so that's the thing. You can only consciously focus on one thing. Yeah, it hurt bad. So if that's how you are when you're high, I guess, I don't know, but... but so if I'm focusing on the pain, guess what? It hurts bad. But oh, if yeah. I'm engaging like my, my current tattoo artist, very close dear friend of mine, and we have, you know, really deep discussions and yep, a whole yep, lot of yep. joking around and a whole lot of stories. He's got the best stories in the world. Then you don't No, Yeah. But you you're only can somewhere else. You can only consciously f- focus yeah. on one thing with your mind at a time. Yep. So when you can learn how to direct that, but that being said, yeah. The second you think about it, you're like, oh, Jesus, this sucks. Yeah, meditation is key. I've okay. tried. I've yeah, tried that. Well, it's if hard. I try to meditate, if I try to meditate, I just fall asleep. I'm okay with that too. Right. <laughs> I can't fallen do asleep those a few guys. times. You know what, man? Back in that lately, used to, though. I used to call bullshit on that, uh-huh. but the I think the last time I was getting tattooed, and he was working on my no, not the last time because last time was all my kneecap. Um, oh yeah. But on just like the like my shin or something like that. I got pretty drowsy to where I was like drooling and they uh-huh. said I snored a couple times. Oh yeah. Sometimes you just hit that mode. I remember last, it's weird. I don't, I, I think the last time I, I got when I got my underarm here tattooed the first some reason that didn't hurt as bad as I expected it to. And we went pretty into my armpit and everything, yeah. you know? Um, but I, I was falling asleep on that. And it was, this is also many years ago now. Um, and I don't feel like I will do that again anytime right. soon. Cause now it I'm gets like, worse the older you get. There's oh, no doubt. Definitely. Well, they say it. the skin gets like harder. It's not as, um, it's not as like soft and pliable as we I get older. It. So, and I, I, my goal was to have all this shit already done. My full body suit done by the time I was 40, not fucking. Really. I thought I was done. And then all of a sudden I got into it again. I don't know why. Yeah. I've gotten, I've gotten tattooed twice this year, this year. Yeah. Already yeah. zero times last year. <laughs> I got tattooed a lot last year. I haven't, I've got an appointment here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm a, I'm just, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I want to start doing my head and stuff maybe, but I don't know. I'll probably pussy out. I thought about that in the past too, but it's like, like I said yesterday, it's just gotten to be so cliche and... Yeah. You know, everything I'm doing right now is for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. I want to be able to wear shorts and not look like a pasty white weirdo. <laughs> so like the best option since I'm in the shop all day long, if the sun's up, I'm in the shop. Yep, yep. You know... The best option is to get my legs tattooed. Best option is that or a tanning bed. <laughs> yeah, and I ain't doing that. A waist I'm down way, tanning bed. Yeah, I'm way too pasty white to be in, laying in a tanning bed, man. That'll, that's a recipe <laughs> for disaster. Oh, man. So what do you got on your docket this year for shows? I know you talked about you're going to get out of St. Louis and Yeah, I'm going to get shows. out a little bit more, man. Um, we're definitely doing Sturgis. Um, Where are you going to be set up at? So we'll be set up at Bill's hand, Bill Dodge's Handmade Lot, and okay. then we're also going to set up with uh, Mr. Jeff G. Holt. Um, between visionary. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to do all, do a bunch of stuff with him. Um, and then he's got his, uh, his thing going on the smoky mountains in Tennessee. We're going to do that with him. Did you do that last year? I didn't. That I had ass. something else going on that weekend or yeah. maybe the weekend after it was just too, I was too jammed up that time. 
we're going to come out here for Dyna Days. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, and set up with you guys out here and do some stuff for that. And then, you know, just from talking to you the last day or so, uh, possibly do the Four Corners Rally. Yep, yep. Um, and then definitely do Bill's show again, which they haven't announced the uh, the dates for just yet, um, but it'll probably be in late September, I believe. That's awesome. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. So you got a, do- a full docket, basically, then it sounds like. Yeah, it's like. pretty full, and it seems like it tries to fill up even quicker because I still want to get plenty of, you know, I like getting out and riding just to be riding too you know so yeah. i gotta have a little bit that open. smoky mountain t- how so how far away is that smoky mountain tour from you uh it's an easy day ride i don't know maybe eight hours okay eight or nine hours Just I trying guess. to figure out where i need to ship a bike and then fly there and then ride from there do it there man yeah it's perfect yeah and we've actually got where we could probably make two days of it and take the scenic routes oh yeah and we've got some good routes from there yeah, I want. I, I'm definitely trying to do um, some more like out of state riding this year. Uh, yeah, just need to get some ducks in a row and make it happen. It's just planning it's and hard. being prepared. You know, well, look, you know what? We're in a different. As much as we bitch about social media and everything, we definitely are benefiting from it. Oh yeah, and you know you've got a good foundation here. Oh yeah, thoroughly impressed with what you're doing, man. I'm, Thank you. Um, you, you I just like you're not, being lu- here. you're not lucky about any of this. You've worked hard and you've yep. earned every bit of it and it, it, it looks good and you're doing a great job and you're keeping a lot of people happy and you know, you get a great crew. Yeah. Um, you know, so lean on them a little bit and go take a little bit of time. Yeah. You know, but that's the hard part for me is, and I like being here. I, just, I love being in my shop, but yeah. man, I was dude. So you do anything for 15, 16 years, you start to get like, okay, yo, I'm sure, you know what I mean? And I was raising two kids that whole time and now they're both out of the house and it's like, I'm kind of that young dad that doesn't have a whole lot of responsibilities other than work. A young stud. You know, that's right. Yeah. Just me and my dog. Um, (laughs) starting to sound like a country. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna travel more, man. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to spend time. I, like my best friend lives in Colorado Springs and we're going to hit the trails out there north of Durango. Yep, yep. Like Telluride and Uray or Oray, however you say that weird word. Uh, we're going to hit a bunch of that stuff this summer and I'll go up and uh, my buddy Trent, Atomic Trent, Atomic yep. oh, Customs, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's up there in Montana yeah. and uh, I go out there and see him pretty often. We're going to go out there and do some ride. cool shit. Yeah. yeah I like, he's, I like. A, he's a good dude too. Yeah. He's an interesting fellow. I've, t- I've spoken with him a few times on yeah. the DM, but uh, yeah. he's a, he does some cool shit, man. He he's, does, man. All It's it's all no bullshit bikes and uh, the guy's got a great formula that his formula works for an Evo powered bike. Yeah. And for a Milwaukee eight powered bike, and for a knucklehead, and for a pan—I mean, it's yeah. across the board. And the dude knows motorcycles. And it looks like he knows cars too. Yeah, I, that's He's my good thing. With all that stuff, man. I, I love—I love it all. So it's yeah. fun to see people that, f- that are like the that same. blown flathead that he had, or that oh. blown Hemi that he had last year. Yep. Was it a Hemi? Yeah, that one was a Hemi. The one he's got now, he's putting a, a flathead in. Yeah, that that uh, sedan he had last year, man, that thing was bad. Yeah, yeah, but this this. Uh, uh, coop that he has now is really nice. He seems to have some issues with the Instagram police, though. <laughs> Trent, I love you, but you bring a lot of that shit on yourself, man. <laughs> you know, if you looked at his DMs and my DMs together, or, you know, like we're even so we're such weirdos that we use like an encrypted messaging thing to talk back and forth. You know, not going to say they're watching, right? <laughs> Like, I'm just as non-PC as he is, but, like, I understand that, you know, if you're going to play on Instagram, you got to at least a little yeah. bit play by their rules. People get sensitive these days. Yeah. And he's got he's got somebody that doesn't like him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're reporting him for everything. Oh, really? But he pushes it. I don't do a lot of shit that oh, yeah. he does, you know. I like his posts. He's got all, he's always got, like, those 1970s titties and shit. Yep. If you guys yeah. don't know, go check out Todd McTrant. 
Yep, Atomic Trent official or Atomic or Custom, Atomic Custom official or Atomic Trent official. You'll find it. Trust me. When you see the '70s yeah. titties, you've got there. That's him. <laughs> he's got great taste in bikes and great taste in cars, and yeah, he's he's a cool dude. Yeah, he, yeah. I'm lucky to be friends with him. Yeah, there's a lot of. It seems like you. I mean, obviously, you've got a lot of time in the industry, so you've definitely got um, a lot of the. I tell you what, man. Like, I don't. There's not really many people to ride with where I'm at because yeah. all my friends are spread across the country. I, uh, after hours, choppers, Gabe. Uh-huh. He used to be in California. Yep. Now he's out in Colorado. Gabe's a great friend of mine, and I don't get to see him enough. I, uh, still, I still have one of his tip mouse lights from yeah, fucking God. super cool stuff. I've had it for so long right now. Yeah, super cool stuff. Yep. He does, dude, he, you want to talk about a unique shit. guy? Oh yeah. Dude, Gabe's definitely. He's just a cracker. He's such a joker. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, great dude. Bill Dodge is a good friend of mine. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's in Florida. They're just all spread out. Yeah. You know, which which is cool, though, when I do get a chance to come out and visit people like I've done the last couple of days. It's yeah. like, you know, it, it even when we were over at Alley Art, I'm like, it's so cool being here, but it's like this just immediately gives me so much energy and juice oh, yeah. that I'm like, I can't wait to get back in the shop. It's inspiring. Yeah, 100%. Man. Big time. 100%. Whenever I go to places like that, because I mean, you know, we're fortunate to be in Southern California. So, yeah. uh, you know, as you know, I mean, we could throw a rock and hit four shops, you know, of, the, you know, that caliber. I was, yeah, I'm pretty kind of blown away, honestly, by how many, how much stuff we saw just today. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we could have gone you know, we could have not gone and had, uh, you know, a badass sushi lunch with them and gone to, you know, three, visit three other shops right. probably within a 20 well, mile radius. Well, the whole radio. time we're on the highway, you're like, they're right here and those yeah. guys are over there and then these guys are around yep. the corner. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's all here. So I guess, um, you get, you know, I, I don't go visit some of these shops enough yeah. or like, to, like, I mean, I've been doing business with Alec Art for, I think five plus years now and I've never been there. Yeah. You know, so to me, it was to, like, even for me, like, I was like, fuck yeah, you know, it's inspiring to go to those places. You know, Justin's FXR was sitting there and we got to get ah, out on dude. that for a little while, you know, and I was. That's probably the nicest FXR I've ever seen. I'm visually picking things apart, like, where I'm like, oh, that's how he did that. Oh, right. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah, now you I got to go back and redo mine. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, oh, one of the, and it's like stupid shit. His exhaust mount. I don't know if you saw his exhaust yeah. mount. CNC machined yeah. exhaust mount. And I'm like. Oh, that's an HPI pipe, right? Uh, I believe so. Yes, HPI's mount that it comes with uh-huh. is a good mount. Yeah, yeah, it's a great mount. It, well, it's just the point of the build. I know. And it's like for me, like it, I, I definitely saw that because yeah. I was like, I know what mount's supposed to be there, and that's a good mount that's supposed to be there. Yeah, but that's a great mount. Yeah, and you know, and it was just the the, the little details like that that I'm like, oh, I was gonna build a sheet metal exhaust bracket for mine. Nope, now I can't. Now. Be, now I can't. Right. It has to be a CNC machine yeah. bracket. Like, I'm going to, you know. And he's like, I think oh, we built another one around here. If I find it, I'll let you know. And I'm like, yeah, no, it don't matter because I'll be working on one. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, now it uh, it has to have it now, you know, and it'll be anodized or something stupid. You that know? bike's perfect, man. I love uh, it. It's a beautiful bike, man. It's, it's, but it's the fun, you know, it's the details. It's the details mm-hmm. that are those hidden details that, you know, yeah. maybe other people don't see that that matters, you know. Right. Yeah. There's a lot on that one. Yeah, well, I think we're closing up here. We're getting at it's four oh five, and we got a Paul is actually flying back to St. Louis here. In a yep, your flight leaves at six p.m. So we got to do some boogie torturous in. air flight. Yeah, um, man, it's been a pleasure having you out. You know, Likewise. actually meeting you in person, talking to you. You know, um, my door is always open. You know, you always yeah. got a place to stay out here. So Appreciate you know, it, I man. hope you come out more often, and then we uh, next time we'll actually do some motorcycle riding and we're have going some fun. To. Yeah, you know, we're up in the air about born free. You may or may not see us out here for that. We'll see how it plays in. Yep. We had something else going on that weekend, but it's starting to look like that's not going to happen. So yeah. Maybe Maybe we'll see you. Have that you soon. ever been to Born Free? I haven't. Um, it's huge. 
Huge I was event. invited in 16, but it was kind of right after that storm got us, and I didn't really have enough time to get gotcha. – I didn't have my shit together. Gotcha. I wasn't ready for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know we need to be here. Yeah. It's just – you know, there's only so many days in the year. Oh, yeah. No, it's hard, man. Uh, and it's, Missouri's right in the middle of everything, but it's not close to anything. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> – Yep. Okay, we're equally far from everything. Yeah, where we're we're from here, where we're at an hour in any direction, we're a different right. climate. Yep. Yeah. Well, man, again, awesome. uh, what's your Instagram handle? Bare Knuckle Paul. Bare Knuckle then, Paul. Uh, Bare Knuckle Choppers on Facebook and uh, BareKnucklePerformance.com. Right on. Check out his parts. They are amazing, handcrafted, American-made goodness. Make sure you go check them out, and uh, we appreciate you coming out again, and we'll have you back soon. Thanks, Steve. All right, take care, brother. This episode of Shooting the Shit with Speed Kings is fueled by 11 Bravo Coffee, a veteran-owned mobile coffee shop where a dollar for every pound brewed or sold is donated to veteran organizations. 11 Bravo Coffee Company supports many community and motorcycle events, and if you'd like to learn more about 11 Bravo Coffee Company or book them for your event, head over to 11bcc.com or visit them on Instagram and Facebook at 11 Bravo Coffee Co. We love their coffee, man. They come to a lot of events with us and set up, and we're lucky to have their cold brew on tap here at the shop. So go ahead, check them out.